good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you listen to this. This is Matthew Bailey alongside my critique and partner in crime, Ricardo Medina. Hi, 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 hi. And this is another Mighty Morphin episode of Bears, Beats, and Bailey. Yeah. Yeah. We said Mighty Morphin because, um, yeah, we finally took in that, that new Power Rangers movie. That one yeah. that, you know, was, was all hyped up and it was going to be like, you know, a return to, not even a return to form. That, that, that's, that's, that's an injustice but in calling that. It's more there, like, there's no form. yeah, it, it, exactly. It, it's, it's trying to make it relevant and edgy and cool. Right. You know what I mean, but before we get to that, um, we also took in, um, Beauty and the Beast, sorry, which is the right. latest, adapt, sorry, latest animation to live action adaptation from Walt Disney. See, they've been doing this for the past few years with um, Cinderella, yeah. which I haven't seen, unfortunately. Maleficent, which I haven't seen, but I heard yeah. bad things about it. Jungle Book, which I which we saw last year, I absolutely loved. It was in my top ten. Yeah, I thought that was good. Yeah, yeah. Um, of course, it won best vi- um, visual effects, much deserved. Right. And now we have this one here. So you know, the question really is, does it hold up compared to the you know to the original? And also, we we took in um, the Netflix special, um, Dave Chappelle Two Cities One Event. Which is basically yeah. one of our favorite um, comedians, Dave Chappelle. You know, returning to that yeah. um, to that stand-up routine that you know he's been doing. He, he's been doing prior to you know that, you know, to Comedy Central and Chappelle show. You know, so um, Netflix gave us two specials, and we saw both of them. So we'll talk about those. And also, um, what else? Yeah, uh, Mass Effect, which you promised that you would check out, and. Um, well, I know you right. have a you have a review waiting for us, and finally, that new Justice League trailer that came out by, yeah, yeah, <laughs> we we have to we have to talk about that. But we we had a right. we had a we had to express our thoughts on on Zack Snyder's, you know, latest cinematic superhero project. Right, and then we have right. some like a little interesting side news, but that might be impactful. But I'm not sure how if it'll come true. Um, just a little interesting side news as well. We'll talk about a couple little things to worth mentioning. All right. Well, we could actually but, start off with that before we get to the right little review. basic shit. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, first interesting thing is that uh, I, from what I understand, it might be might there might be some rumblings of uh another writer strike. Really. It's quite possible, yes. Wow. Uh, I would hear little rumblings, little, little chitter chatter on the Twitters and the usual, you know, social portals. Uh, involving it might have another writer strike on, on the horizon. Not sure, um, but I heard, I'm hearing and well, just a couple of news outlets saying that the a lot of the negotiations with writers and the big studios not really going so well. It's quite possible a strike might occur. Maybe, not sure. Right. Well, would, um, you, would you would you like remind the audience what would happen? If there was oh, okay. a, a, a writer well, strike, uh, roughly about ten years ago, there was a very big writer strike. Basically, the the Writers Guild of America had a huge strike, um, more or less across the board. Every type of writing, writing involved anywhere, television, TV, comedy, movies, comedy television, yeah. everyone, everything was affected across the board. And basically, the quality of stuff just drop off a cliff. Right. Um, with that, so you get really get to see how important writing is. Although I'll make the joke that it, the strike never really ended, you know, oh, because yeah. you had a, <laughs> really had a lot of shitty movies out. But yep. really, what it did is just um, the thing is, it, it really affected mostly. I realized I remember it affecting a lot of shows that I was out at the time. The probably the most notable example was Heroes. Ah, like, yes, yes, Heroes yes I remember. Yeah, so fairly suffered after three, that. But, I think it's from season three to five. The, the quality of writing just it, dipped. Yeah. 
It was season two, if I remember correctly. Oh, oh from um, that early. Ooh, okay. Yeah, that's what that's what that's why it hurt it because the season one finale was kind of forgettable and normal, and then people was like, well, not not no no big deal there, and then season two was just completely retarded, if I remember correctly. Um, for that show, that show just sucked. Um, in the season two, and yeah, it was because of the writer strike. Another well-known movie was affected by the writer strike. Although, granted, I don't know if the movie would have been massively massively improved, which is the second Transformers film. Uh, that yes, was severely affected. From us, Revenge right? of the Fallen, or ROTFL yeah. <laughs> for right. sure. That that was that. Um, Battlestar Galactica and Lost were affected. I remember correctly. Yes. Um, a bunch of other things. But then right after the writer's strike, a lot of great shows started right more or less after when that ended. So I think Mad Men started. Breaking Bad also started ah, yes, <laughs> in yes, 2008. Mad Men started in 2007. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, it's interesting how we live in, we enter an age where things start to really make some big shifts. Like we now start to enter what I call the director-less age of filmmaking, where producers just kind of making stuff and then the director have to come after the fuck and sort out the mess. You know, nice. much like how you have driverless cars, you have directorless films at this point. Like, you're, you kind of don't really need directors for films at this point, in my opinion. I think yeah. that's how it gained. Um, and, like, that last Kong film. Yeah, you don't really need a director for that. You know, like, like I, you know, we, we, we talked about the film last week, and I honestly yeah. forgot the guy who directed it. And that's funny, yeah. because yeah, he yeah, started off with an indie film, and I haven't seen that, so... You yeah, know. from what I understand, you, you really didn't need the director because they most of the stuff, all the CG stuff and things was kind of shut long before the director came on board. Um, oh, it's really? not like the okay. director from before. So the idea of the idea of directors auto kind of dying. It, right now we're getting to the point of producers auto, which is kind of fascinating and frightening. It is uh, both fascinating and frightening. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah. Anyway, just just a quick run through. That's it. I mean, it, we're not sure what's gonna happen. We're not sure if the, the how if it'll interfere things or if the strike will happen at all. But if it does happen. It's going to be really interesting, especially for late night comedy, because especially in this age of, uh, you know, it's Trump's America now. Yeah. So how that'll play itself out um, with respect to who's going to be doing what. Of course, you, you know, your Saturday Night Lives, the, the, Jimmy Fallon, those is, things. Thing yeah. is, right, because a lot of the late night guys are also themselves writers. So they participate in the strike, or at least they don't write for themselves. They, they just host, so they just use the role of host. And, and most notable, I remember, was John Stewart, Conan O'Brien, and Stephen Colbert and Bill Maher, right? And those guys, those guys just their shows just kind of ground to a halt, more or less. I remembered, and they just did their own like little funny bits. But they, they, anything that they had to like in terms of planning or planning out what they wanted to do in terms of dialogue, that technically fell under writing, so they couldn't do that either. Um, anyway, that's just some interesting tidbit news. I'm not sure we're gonna play out from that. Um, second little piece of information. Uh, it's the official launch of the GH5. People uh, are getting yes, the yes, GH5. Panasonic GH5. That's a camera yes, both of us have been eyeing down. I, yeah. I I would say this, like, I'd take him a sweet time to just save up just enough money to buy it. I just want to get some yeah. cool accessories to go with it. I don't want just a camera and just e-lens, you know what I mean? I want to make sure that I have uh, a good right. enough kit to play around with. Yeah, for me for me as well, I, I just, I, I gun in for it as well. I had the GH4. I have a GH4. It's an excellent camera, in my opinion. It's a real run-and-gun, tough, toughy camera. Like, it could take licks, but it could do a lot of good shit as well. Um... And from what I understand, it's beating out the full frames in terms of sales now. Um, but the GH4 is just, a, in my opinion, quite a brilliant camera. And this GH5 just kind of improves on almost everything. And i not really gunning to get it immediately, but i just waiting for it because I know sometime in the summer, late summer, we're getting some like um, 6K shenanigans going on involved. So oh, good. Well, okay. like, up there. Yeah. Something involving 6K. So I just kind of 
just you know see what I could get by. So by summer I should have it. My you know early summer hopefully I'll just get it. So by the time that update comes out, and then you know I do recommend to anybody buying it, get the Vlog L. That's an excellent little addition. It's just roughly a hundred dollars US, right. and it's a really good good little um color color palette platform for the camera. You, you could know? just really color some yeah. nice stuff. And I've I've been testing the footage myself on my, my computer. My computer is not the beastiest of beasts, but it can handle 4K footage relatively well. And nice. yeah, um, DJ four, sorry, DJ five has some excellent, excellent footage coming from it. Right. Um, it's not the most brilliant. It's not black magic level footage in terms of its raw qualities. I, I really, really wanted to get some more raw stuff. But from what I understand, there's a 6K photo raw, and they're gonna try to translate that into roughly raw footage as it is. So that's what's gonna come. Okay. In um, August, hopefully, hopefully. Right. That, that's the honest promise. It's I don't expect it to not be that be there. It's not like a, a, a empty promise or anything like that. Right. Um that's it. Um other just quick little quick news before we move on to, to the real deals. Uh Starcraft is having a remastering. They just doing a remastering of Starcraft, the original game from uh-huh. back what, two thousand? When was yeah, game? Was that? I, I think it's that, that that year. Either ninety nine or two thousand, I'm not too Right, it was nineteen ninety eight, I think. Mm-hmm. I yeah I you know if you back in the two if you were playing PC gaming if you were a PC gamer and, and console gaming wasn't really anywhere near as the level of PC gaming at the time it's only until the Xbox One came out PS2 um you were playing one of the three big Blizzard games you know yeah. I, I, I was like, playing I was playing Starcraft actually I wasn't right into Warcraft I, to be honest yeah right that's the thing you were either playing Starcraft Warcraft or Diablo two um at the time this was 1999 2000 2001 yeah um 2002. Mm-hmm. And then it, you know, it kind of started peter out roughly around 2003, 2004. That's when other b- bigger games started to pick up. I think Warcraft 3 came out by then. Uh, yeah, I was a big Diablo 2 fan. I was a huge fan of that franchise. Most of you guys had a great story. Right. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting to see this play out because a lot of people have given it hype. And if Blizzard could easily like just dole this out for like a 20 US and people will play it and, and play it. Because yeah, Starcraft, Starcraft, even though Starcraft 2 is excellent and it's, it's really well done, I think a lot of hardcore types say that the original Starcraft just had the best balance. And they will, they will probably flock back to to that, especially when it comes to um, you know, esports and the esports level of things because esports are really starting to take off now. Mm-hmm. I could totally see a Starcraft remastering esport taking off. Totally understand that coming up because the original Starcraft was a huge esport, probably the biggest of the esports. Right. Um, especially in South Korea, Starcraft Two is a big esport. Yeah, the Starcraft remaster could take off. I could totally see that happening. So that just, I think that just worth news worth talking about. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. Pretty much it. Uh, well, we have Mark, Mass Effect to talk about, or Dave Chappelle. You want to talk about well, Mass Effect? First? All right, let let all right. Let's start off since we were talking about games before. Let's start off with yeah. um. Well, okay. Basically, we're gonna start off with Mass Effect. Then we're gonna jump right. into the Justice League trailer, which came sure. out um yesterday at the time of this recording, and then yeah. to Dave Chappelle, Mutiny Beast, and Power Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll understand why I keep seeing Power Rangers the way yeah. I am. But let, let, uh, let, let, let's start things off with uh, with with Mass Effect. Like I said, yes. I haven't played it, but you promised last week that you would, you know, give us right. a I, review. Right, so. I I played it and I have not completed the game in in terms of its raw full story, but I've done a lot of clearance and I've played a lot of it. Um, I liked it, but I think I think no, this this Mass Effect it take a lot. Of, okay. So I just want to get into the history of Mass Effect, and then it have you have to we have to talk about just some kind of general the kind of the general attitude and, and atmosphere that existed around this game. I'll say this 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 was a big the franchise has become a big theater for 
many people in terms of the social, a lot of social justice stuff and general identity politics stuff in the franchise. It always had that from the, begin- from the beginning. Um, for me, Mass Effect is quite special. Uh, the first game, in my opinion, in terms of world building, was brilliant. Um, you know, roughly, it, it was really forgettable. I remember playing it when the first few hours, and then there's a certain section of the game, basically Vermeer, the planet Vermeer, where the story just takes, uh, just goes into to high gear and just gets so awesome. They just do a big reveal in the storyline, basically the reveal of a character called Sovereign, and you learn who he is and who he is and why Sovereign is so important. And the story just totally blows you away, in my opinion. Um, uh-huh. The first Mass Effect was quite brilliant, in my opinion, quite, quite good story, but the gameplay sucked. Gameplay <laughs> kind of sucked. Gameplay kind of sucked. Mean, and it, was, it was problematic or, or what? No, the gameplay was just it was just um it just had a bunch of bad bad choices in terms of like how the gun should operate and in terms of how your 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 loadout should operate and then how you're fighting against the enemies. Enemies felt a little too spongy. It didn't really work in that way. And what ended up happening is that a lot of people a lot of people just kind of noticed. Well, the story is great, but the gameplay kind of sucked, and they barely tolerated it. Now here's the problem. What happened is that the game Gears of War came out roughly about six months before Mass Effect came out. Right. And that kind of poisoned you well in terms of what third-person shooter should be. So so everybody was like, look, if it didn't like Gears of War, fuck you. And that's what happened. Mass Effect started long before Gears of War ended, so it's going to be kind of crappy in terms of the third-person shooters. Um, a lot, of, I, I, including myself, I was kind of like knocking the game. It was like, wait, they're supposed to be like Gears of War. They're so crappy. But the story more than made up for it. Um, the first Mass Effect is a brilliant story, great characterization, excellent world building. I mean, the world of Mass Effect is excellent and quite well thought out. That's what really sold the franchise. Right. Uh, then Mass Effect 2 came out. And uh-huh. Mass Effect 2 basically streamlined anything. It streamlined pretty much everything. Um, a little too streamlined, a lot of people argue. The story wasn't as intelligent. It was a little too, a little incoherent. But in terms of production value, that is when EA bought the company. They bought out Bioware. And they just give Bioware a ton of cash. And right. you saw it. Um, production value was brilliant. Story, music, amazing. They had a, I forget the guy's name, but they had this guy they brought on for basically just great cinematography. So they had excellent camera angles for the shots and, and where, where the player is going to be looking at. Mm. And they just made all these smart choices when it comes to what you're going to be looking at, how you're going to be looking at it, how the framing is. It just had just brilliant cinematic mise-en-scene. Um, Mass Effect 2 is a brilliant game. Um, it, 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 at, the, at the time, this was, what, 2010 that came out. It topped the charts, blew away everybody. Um, you know, it get, it get best, best of the year for many, many people, and it's really, truly a classic game. Even though the story didn't make much sense, it was basically Michael Bay taking over the franchise, but it oh, was it, quite it was, it, it was that bad. I thought it was like, it was like convoluted, you know, sequel. Yeah, yeah, it was, that's matter, blah, blah, blah. it was just kind of all over the place and convoluted. When you actually think about the plot, like when you first play it, you'll be fooled by it because of how well everything is done. And the character, the characterization is quite well done, but the, the actual main plot just didn't make a lot of sense when you actually think about it, especially if you're a big hardcore sci-fi stickler like myself, who like need to have more world consistent and everything this that to the other there's a bunch of dumb little little issues that they brought in that's like yeah they only did this because you know you need a shooter and you need to have characters reload a cartridge or some bullshit like that but yeah the gameplay got a lot better um the, the atmosphere and characterization was better but the actual main story just didn't work and was not very well thought out um other than, other than that, a lot of people didn't care and a lot of people because they didn't really play the first mass effect and this was their first entry to the franchise they didn't care either so they didn't they weren't looking for that so for them for them it was brilliant right. um i like me was like nah you need to have your, your consistency in your law uh i had a little problems with it overall right. um and then we had then, controversial mass effect 3 yes that yeah. is when things just went all right now the, the main thing with mass effect 3 in retrospect you know roughly five years later 
Uh, it's basically, to, they, by where just bought off, you know, they just basically bit more than they could chew. That's exactly what happened. Um, and then they had a lot of internal struggle. And then we're going to talk about, you know, the social justice part of things, because it's quite possible that a lot of the stresses and, and, and influence of that end up interfering with the product of the game in terms of like what they should focus on. So instead of focusing on law and making sure the world makes sense, they decided to just put in like a bunch of token characters that didn't really need to be there. And then they decided to just cater to the most lowest common denominator. So it really got dumb and they really Michael Bay the shit out of this game. The gameplay in the third game is brilliant. The gameplay is by far the best. It's pretty much like Gears of War. You know, I, I kind of run and make the joke. It's Gears of War. It's Space Wizards. Um, right. You know, it's 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 well, like, it, it, they improve almost everything in terms of the shooting. They improve all the combat and the modification of the weapons. Um, but the story was just a complete shit show. Very little of the story made sense. There was only one arc that kind of worked. This is what they call the Genophage arc. Um, you, anybody who know the franchise will know what the Genophage is. It's basically a big virus, space virus, and something like a, a weapon of mass destruction that affected one of the races in the storyline. So it had a big social back and forth about that, Br- which is brilliant writing, in my opinion. That actually works. Um, and yeah, the, the third game was just a huge debacle. A lot of people hated it. Um, I hated it myself. Um, I didn't have the, the amount of energy to like actually threaten people and yeah, that's exactly kind of what happened people like come you know employers employees at Bioware were being threatened because of Whoa. of the game um they kind of they kind of hamstrung Bioware to rewrite the endings which didn't happen but what it did was they did a kind of expand expansion of the endings to kind of expand things a little bit it didn't improve anything all that much but it kind of explained a couple things a little better um basically it was a, you know the bullshit director's cut now and yeah, yeah. Yeah, it didn't really improve anything, but it just, they just give that to the audience. And then what Mass Effect 3 did, they decided to put out a multiplayer. And that's a lot of, another thing that a lot of people had like worrying about, that, well, oh, you spend energy on this multiplayer, therefore the story had to suffer. We don't know if that's the case. It's having a way to prove that neither here nor there. But a lot of people's attitude is, well, the mere fact you spent energy on it, that means you didn't focus on the main game. And we don't know. You know, you don't know how big a team needs to be or something like that. You know, these video games are very, very complex, very expensive adventures. And you have to know, a lot of people don't really know the process in terms of making a game. I mean, just look at how many people ignore how to make a movie. And movies, in my opinion, are a lot easier than to make games. Yeah, um, Less time. And, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the game was a debacle. The multiplayer was amazing. And in fact, I, I still recommend the Mass Effect multiplayer. If Mass Effect Andromeda multiplayer wasn't out, I would recommend Mass Effect multi- 3 multiplayer for you. Because it's still quite brilliant. You could you play it. It's a lot of fun with four-player co-op. Um, and ironically, Mass Effect 3 ended up being the game I played the most because of the multiplayer. Um, but overall, the story sucked. And it was a real a big letdown for the franchise and the trilogy. Right. So what they did with Mass Effect Andromeda is they did a little sneaky thing. They decided to say, okay, the story starts between the events of 2 and 3. So it's before the ending of 3. So it's a kind of a reset button, but not really. It's a kind of side call, prequel, something. Right, and then right. the, the, the time it takes to get to Andromeda... Um, is roughly 600 years. So it's technically half happening after the events, but nobody knows what's happening in Milky Way anyway. And they decide to go to this other galaxy, Andromeda. Uh, in my opinion, it's not this game is not that bad. Um, I, you know, it, it amongst the critics, it's the lowest ranking of the, the franchise. And I I won't go as far as saying it doesn't get it doesn't get a fair shake because I know exactly why it got it got such a low score compared to the other games. Like the other games rank in the high 80s, uh, Mass Effect One and Three rank in the high 80s on Metacritic, and then Mass Effect 2 is 96, is the upper 90s. Um, Mass Effect Andromeda is currently ranking around 74. Oh, okay. Right? It's a big drop. 
Um, but I understand why when I play the game because of the technical problems. This game is riddled with technical problems and glitches. In fact, I had a couple moments where I had a couple game-breaking glitches, unfortunately. And in terms of the actual player, they decided to like, cater to Mass Effect 1 almost. So it feels like you're playing Mass Effect 1. But my thing is that, yeah, the one thing I hated about Mass Effect 1 is you brought back, which is the actual gameplay. They made... Now, it's not as bad as Mass Effect 1 in terms of the wonkiness, right? But it feels like Mass Effect 1 in terms of how the guns are shooting. Like, I, I, I get a feeling they try to do an homage thing here. But... No, make it like Mass Effect 3. Mass Effect 3 had kick-ass shooting combat. I want to shoot things in the face and hear the impact of my shotgun. And I really gained that. The story itself isn't half bad. Um, as I said, I didn't finish the full thing, but I reach up to a point where it's actually quite good. This is roughly after 10 hours. You reach a planet called Aeos. And that, that actually is quite brilliant and quite well made. I really tell people should, you should wait and don't pay full price for this. Um, wait for the thing, get a price drop and, you know, take it in. Um, it's really technical problems kills it because the actual game itself isn't half bad as a story. Um, what they do with it and what they, they tell in terms of the world, it's quite simple actually. Um, but, you know, they do some nice little lore building and they do the one thing from Mass Effect 1, which is exploration. They brought that back. And I was a big fan. I was not a big fan of the exploration in Mass Effect 1 because of how boring and drab it was. But Mass Effect Andromeda actually makes it work. You actually have a lot of fun exploring. Um, it kind of reminds me of Fallout 4 a little bit. Just felt completely unfinished, but if it was finished, it would be a really good, a pretty good game in my opinion. Um, ultimately, I'll give it a seven out of ten. Um, Not bad. Okay. Cool. Cool. I, I recommend it because it's gonna get better in terms of fixing all the technical problems and again because of the social justice stuff. Because you know a lot of quote unquote social justice warriors like to play the game. A lot of it had a lot of politics in and around the game and the game again. I mean, Bioware has become really sociopathic. You know, the forums and the fan base has become really pathological because they kind of fight amongst each other in terms of what went on. So a lot of people, I'll argue that, you know, much how, much like a lot of people on the left piled on to Iron Fist, a lot of people yeah. on the right piled on to, to Mass Effect. And it was kind of unfair for both, in my opinion. It, yes, it was bad. It had problems, but it's not as bad as you making out to be. You know, you just use it as a kind of political talking point almost. That's what it felt like. And that's what it felt like with this. I really thought, wait, boy, this game is real shit hunting. No, it's not that bad. It's actually quite good. Um, but the technical problems is really what held it back. You, you could go on the internet and find a bunch of like videos because people complain about the facial animations, which I'm not sure how easy it is to fix. Um, walking and running animations have some issues. And again, it had a few game breaking bugs. Like I remember it had one part I got stuck when I had to reset the game. And then when I reset the game, it loads back at that point. So I had to kind of load back the whole save file from earlier point. And that kind of pissed me off. Stuff like that is more or less unforgivable, but that's why it loses so many points. But if it didn't have those technical problems and they can hammer it out, yeah, it'll probably go up a couple points. It may even go up a, like a two points if they make it work. Because the actual main story isn't bad. Um, the main characterization isn't as good as, say, Shepard. But then Shepard never really had good characterization to begin with, in my opinion, from the original series. Um, couple decent characters. PB is okay. I actually like her. She's a decent enough character. Um, Drac is quite good, in my opinion. He's a pretty decent Krogan. If I was a big stickler for the franchise, as, as I used to be, um, I'd probably hate this more. Um, but at this point, I kind of give up. It's like, look, you, you, you can't really fix most of the law. Just work with where you, where you could work with. And because they have a bunch of like little small nitpicky questions that they used to be able to answer in Mass Effect 1 and 2. And since Mass Effect 3, like, just stop giving a fuck. Mass Effect Andromeda, stop giving a fuck kind of too. So you have a bunch of like little law questions and little technical questions um, in the world that uh, that can't be answered. Like, you know, right. they never really answer. Why it is that they solve the fossil and I travel problem and they didn't use it in the Milky Way. Again, that's a big technical issue technical nitpicky thing that I care about and a, a very small handful of people care about most people don't give a shit about that 
take your time with it. You know, like drop off a drop box about a twenty dollars and buy it. I do recommend you buy it, but you have to wait for it to drop a twenty dollars, and you you should you should enjoy it ultimately. Cool. That's it. All right. Yeah. Great, great review though. Very, very great review, man. Uh, yeah, I don't know gonna... when I'm going to get a chance to play it, but you know, one day I will. No, one yeah, day I will. It's actually, actually easy on the computer. It's not one of those real taxing games. Actually, actually, if you check, if you check the uh, minimum requirements and the, the, in fact, the the official, the proper requirements or the recommended requirements is actually quite low when you check it. Not that bad at all. You can actually, I'm sure you, you don't take much to, to build up a PC. Cheap, relatively cheap PC might be able to run it. Uh, not sure how powerful your laptop is, but it should be able to run it. I'm not sure. All right, I'll but probably just do a um, you know, just a little inspection to see if it could actually run on my right, laptop. I'll be happy if it could. Yeah, yeah, that websites, but I, I do recommend if you never played the original trilogy, give the original trilogy a, a chance. It's quite cheap on on Origin, very very cheap on Origin. You should be able to just take that and download it quick. Quick, the original trilogy in its entirety is like, I don't know, like I think about fifty dollars or something like that. Um, in its entirety, which is pretty good, pretty damn good for three full games. Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. And the way it's designed, it's designed for somebody to come in from scratch and they don't have to care about the Shepard trilogy. They don't have to care about the original trilogy. They got to jump in. So whatever. Cool. Yeah. All right. So yeah. moving from video games to what could have been, what kind of looks like a video game when you think about it? Uh, the, the second trailer, if you will, some people call it the first and I'm not really sure why, for... Zack Snyder's upcoming Justice League. I right. saw it. I mean, it, it came out um, yesterday at the time of this recording around lunchtime. I checked it out and I was like, yeah, this is going to be another BVS. I mean, um, yes, they have some... Well, well yeah. let's see, before, before I get here. It have some cool shots. It have some great visuals and, you know, everything that you would expect, not just from a Zack Snyder film because, I mean, I still read it right. for 300 and Watchmen. Um... And to extend Man of Steel, but still, it you know I'm still getting that BVS vibe where it's all these right. cool shots. Like remember when the, the the first big trailer for for BVS came out, we were all like in shock and right. awe, like wow, they copied that from the Dark Knight, you know, returns, you know, cover no, yeah, and all that uh, kind of stuff. I, and I have a feeling right. that it'll be I, the I, same I, thing again. Uh, yeah, as they say, you know, fool me once, shame on you. Yeah, shame fool on me you, twice, fool me twice, shame on me. That's what I'm getting, yeah. Right, and, and no, yeah, as I say, I made a joke, Um, you know, I have been, um, you know, what is it called, boy, the, the famous with the dog now, um, the bell with the dog, you know, uh, Pavlovian, you know, you know, freak outs with respect to the, you know, brilliant trailer, but crappy movie yeah, from yeah. Zack Snyder. Once I hear Zack Snyder and DCU, and I made the joke, you know, the bell is that same bell that Lex Luthor was talking about. That ding, ding, Just making ding, it ding, 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 ding yeah. And I hear ding, ding, ding. Um, with this. Look, the trailer looks cool. Yeah, we can't deny it. It does look cool. And, you know, the song and, that they used was, was, was awesome. The shots right. look badass. So I mean, well, particularly the, the character that, uh, that I was really, that are really interested in after seeing this trailer was Aquaman. Right. You know so we make I, I like what's seen so here with Aquaman. Joke. Yeah. Yeah, the running joke is Bruana. Um, <laughs> Bruana. You know, on. yeah. I, I, but what, speaking of that, I, I would actually like to see what they're going to do with that with respect. Because I, I would like to see the idea of an aquakinesis with Aquaman and really have him really just, not just jumping around on land, but actually with the trident have the ability to control water or something along those lines. Because um, yeah. it'll have to make sense of why he could fight the way he does. Of course. Um, yeah. On land. You know. Yeah. Um, um, what else? Flash. Uh, yeah, your flash looks great. Uh, I'm loving flash the shots with him in the force. Really awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. And it, well, it's, um, I forget the actor's name, um, Ezra Miller. He, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. well, he's fantastic beast and where to find him. He's, uh, he's actually quite good in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Cyborg. He, uh, well, all right. Well, yeah, before but, we get to Cyborg, but continue with, with Flash, yeah? Right, yeah. No, they're just, they're just doing a simple story with him. Um, you know, the, the, the big problem is that, again, because you, you mentioned it has so many um, issues, you have to introduce three new characters. And yeah. why? You have to justify that. Exactly. Um, you can't just put them into the world. And you'll have to spend time, you know, establishing them and taking us as a time. Not sure that'll work, whatever. Of course, I mean, they tried it before Suicide Squad. Look how that turned out. It didn't work at all, right? Yeah. Um, Cyborg, not really blown away by the, by the, by the CG. It still looks CG, especially yeah, that I, shot when you see him talk. I, you could tell it's CG. I, I want to mean by it looks like, like, CW, Supergirl, slash the Flash, slash Legends of Tomorrow type CG, where the mouth moves and you could tell that it's... Uh, a, 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 a CG character. It doesn't look real. You know what I mean? Something about you know, how yeah. that mouth moves is just too, you know, just took yeah, me away yeah. from they, it. They, yeah, it have an uncanny valley looking kind of vibe yeah, going on. Uncanny think, valley, think, yeah. yeah. Usually, usually with, um, usually with, with, uh, with films like this and the trailer, it, it don't really, it don't, not looking like it finished. So, whatever, it, it not yeah. rendered fully yet. So I'm not really fighting stuff like that down. Yeah. Um, um, Wonder Woman, you know, she's still doing the whole, Sliding and spinning around and slicing and you know all that cool yeah. stuff that we saw. She got she got to do the leg sweep. Um, yeah. <laughs> we get to see some interesting stuff though. Um, some interesting stuff like um, we get to see like I think we seen an ancient war. Uh huh. Between the Amazons and and the Apocalypse people. I I only picked up on the Apocalypse people. I didn't notice any like any Amazonians in this no movie. there's a shot there's a shot like on, on a beach or something like that and they show a bunch of amazons basically rushing towards somebody so we're not sure oh, okay didn't, didn't pick there up was a, a leak script i think there was a leak script involved with uh the i think there was a leak script involved and they, they kind of mentioned something like along the lines of an ancient war involving the mother boxes we get to see the mother box with um myers dyson i forget the actor's name um yeah. and they show, they show one of the power demons right behind him like yes, all right cool yes yes that was a nice uh, little shot there where you see it briefly. Yeah, like a cool. second and then boom, cut to black. That was cool. Right. Because okay, so when I watched um, it again, I was like, oh, that there's, there's, there's something there in silhouette. Right. That was cool, yeah. Then um, Batman stuff, Batman making jokes, I like that. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you saw it from the I mean, it's Ben Affleck, so let's slide. Um, right. A lot of so, Batmobile Super Bowl, doing Rich, stuff. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. Then they had um, Aquaman saying, hey, like a bat, I'm dig- I dig it. That, that was yeah. kind of funny. Um, J.K. Simmons um, as Commissioner Gordon, though. Didn't realize yeah, it was him until I, I, I watched it again. That. Yeah. Looking good. yeah, yeah, yeah. Looks pretty good. Some people who yeah, called him fine. was thought it was Sam Elliott who <laughs> was playing him. Right. Yeah, because yeah, of but the, he looks good. the mustache. Decent enough, I don't really mind that. Um, the big money shot was pretty badass as well. When they just cut, dum, 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 and they show all four of them, and they show Flash turn to, the, turn to his right. <laughs> yes. Sorry, turn to his left. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Here's the thing. I look because of because we get bored with Batman v Superman. I really don't expect this to be good at all. But I don't expect it to be as bad as Batman v Superman. Batman v Superman I, I just hope not too. I, yeah, I, 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 I'm hoping that. Well, I mean, I know that Zack Snyder. I I could tell you know doesn't care about what the critics say, but it had to have some kind of thing inside him, some kind of voices head no, no, saying, you know, I could clearly, do this better no, than. No, I, don't think, I don't think so. I think I think he clearly you know. Not going full steam. I think he listened to some of the, the, the critics and he think he, he might improve some stuff. I'm not sure. Yeah. I hope. Um, you know, Batman v Superman just fly to the sun and them wings must melt so fast. Boy. <laughs> uh, it fell it fell back to it one time now and yes, yes, crashed hard. Yeah. 
But I think Justice League are a little more intelligent. I think they'll be a little more intelligent with the material. You just have to make it fun. Don't have to be too funny. You just make it fun. It's looking good. Uh, I love the aesthetic. I know a lot of people hate it and think it a little too dark and, and looking too gray out. I don't really mind that stuff like that. It looks because it looks great with the color when you com- contrast it to fire, no? Right, right. Um, right. right stuff now. Another thing is a couple of things I noticed. Like Batman has a mech in this. I think he has a mech because I the short part where he said sworn that was the Batmobile that did some kind of forgive me for saying this, some kind of weird transformation or something. Crap. Yeah. This big huge craft, and I don't know, like what the hell was that? Now they say my turn, and he, he was not. He was looking like he was in another vehicle that was not the Batmobile. And then they see some big machine gun stuff now. And then yeah. they cut to this thing down. And I was like, wait, what the hell is that exactly? So I, I could assume it's probably a mech. I'm not sure. Probably um, is an improvement over the suit he had on for BVS. Could be. I don't right. know. Right. He has a big battle suit this time. Yeah. Um, so he could, I suppose, take some shots. Um, Aquaman looked badass with his trident. Oh, know, yes, fire. yes, he does. I was yeah. like, cool. Yeah. And yeah, well, you just get more like, well, from one, but they showed us in BVS in the extended cut where we get to see basically a character who look like somewhat like Steppenwolf. I think it's Steppenwolf is the main villain for this. Um, and Steppenwolf is like one, if you're familiar with DC law, Steppenwolf is one of Darkseid top generals types. He, in fact, he's probably the, the commander of the army. So he's supposed to be kind of a badass. Not sure how strong he is because usually he's not particularly strong. In fact, he doesn't seem to have any powers other than he's just a real smart tactician. Right. Um, and then he have like some good technology on his on his with him, but he himself is not particularly powerful. But yeah, they, given his Zack Snyder, we're just gonna get a bunch of battle battle armor shit, whatever. Um, uh, just uh, overall, it just looking like Snyder. I mean, not nothing surprising. I actually was entertained by the trailer, but then again, I was really entertained with Batman v Superman. Of course, so, yeah, that's why I can't help but think: Is this going to be yeah. another BVS, or is this going to be yeah. a, a you know a, a vast improvement over? that show you know what i mean right i, 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 would, like I really it. hope so i really hope so to be honest um what, what i would say in closing is that i i kind of like that they're going for a kind of comedic. i don't want to say full comedic but they have jokes this time so like at least too. this one will be less drab compared to you know bvs but i still have a feeling that right, somehow yeah. some way we're gonna get the same thing just with more characters more flashiness more heroic stuff more of the stuff that right we wanted to like in BVS, but you know it just fell flat, basically. I well with this with this again, the sense that they're gonna try to combine BVS with Suicide Squad. So Suicide, Suicide Squad tried to be funny and make all these jokes, and it was just trying to be cloud pleasing, even though the story was a mess. And then this, and then BVS was real super self serious and taking itself so serious with its themes, and yeah. it just didn't work at all. Um, so I get the feeling that we gain a combination of that somewhat. Um, it's really gonna try. It really looks like it's gonna be a try to cl- be a crowd please and just go with that. And if they go with that, they'll make the cash. I mean, it should of be course. fine. I don't, I don't expect them to make a billion or any shit like that, but it'll be fine. Yeah. Um. Um. Ultimately, this I had fun with the trailer. As a trailer is actually well done. It's it it you know it establishes the characters. We see what they have to do. Um. We see what they can do. And then we're not sure what the story is exactly, but you know, after no, you know, yeah. it just. It, Everything looking just hodgepodgey, kind of like the first Avengers. Yeah. You know, the apartments just similar to the Chitauri army in Avengers 1. And then everybody kind of talking, talking over each other and, and talking past each other kind of stuff with like how the Avengers will, you know, just have back and forth dialogue. Um, but it just, you know, the GT fanboy is going to come out and support this one. Yeah. I expect to have fun with it if, if I lower my levels. That was, I think that was a mistake I made with BVS. I expected it to be a good movie. Right, fact, right. mistake I made, made was I, I was expecting it to be a great movie. And yeah. I didn't get that. Well, what I, what so, I would say, though, um, is that I am just hoping and praying 
that they don't overstuff this movie with a bunch of characters and backstories and this and that and trying to connect everything you know especially with the fact that we have this wonder woman movie coming out soon enough and then we have to you know continue from batman v superman i, I doubt they're gonna tie anything from um from suicide squad to this one well right. unless you want to talk about flash but i don't think flash's presence has anything to do with what happened before in suicide squad i think you just kind no. of know that story altogether but i just like i said just right. really hoping that this thing does not become you know with too much of things going on and then it just falls apart basically and that's pretty much right. what happened I, with I, movies I, I there was a lot of things going on right try to do so much try to tell a batman story then they try to tell a superman story and then off the time just forget oh what superman this oh i thought it's just all batman and wait we have lex right. luton all these things and this you know it just yeah, became BVS. <laughs> oh wait, and yeah. then we had Wonder Woman, and then we had to make sure that we showed the show the other Just League members and all right, these things. Not... It was just dra- it just dragged on the film so yeah. um, so much. Ultimately, ultimately, this oh another thing is that they they probably well we saw no Superman whatsoever. So you know at least they keep any the theme of Superman being dead. Well, I, I do think suspect Superman... that with the second trailer you might see a right, glimpse of it. Right, similar like what they do to the Galaxy Galaxy Two trailer with a specific character related to right. a theme a, a favorite character. I feel they'll do right. something like that with the next trailer. But yeah, continue. Right. Yeah, no, that, that's, I was about to mention that. Um, just, you know, how they're going to bring back Superman, how they're going to justify Superman coming back. I, well, I, I know from the comics how he comes back. Um, it's really stupid back then, but it's going to be stupid now. <laughs> of course, uh, they, they'll play it. They'll play it off. Because they have to but see yeah, true source material. There are a lot of fans who like that stuff. I hated it, but a lot of fans who really like that arc. Um, but I personally hated it. But they're going to do roughly the same thing. And, you know, they're going to have to do... They, they have to finish their Jesus arc anyway. So... You know, three three films later, he comes, he rose from the dead. Yes, uh, yes. And they're gonna do that. So yes, that's pretty and much it. Will it will be released on um on Easter Monday. <laughs> the new Superman movie like, or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, some crap. So yeah, um, ultimately this ad found the trailer, but you know, we get burned with with, with Batman with Superman and all and Suicide Squad, so we don't know exactly. Uh, and and, and, and to to be to be honest though, I'm more. I don't care where to say this, but I'm actually more excited to see Wonder Woman. I think this is oh, where, yeah, yeah, this is this is where um, Warner Brothers and DC could actually redeem themselves in terms of superhero movies. Well, uh, you know, current superhero right. movies. I think this could be the big break for them. And you know, if Justice League turned out to be another BVS, it'd just be oh well, at least we have Wonder Woman. That was that was good, right? <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. I expect to be you know reasonably. Solid. Like, I expect that to get at least a 16 Rotten Tomatoes, 16 Metacritic, you know, minimum. I don't expect it to get lower than that. If it gets lower than 60 in Metacritic, I'll be shocked. I expect it to at least get that. It should have a simple structure. It might be a mess, but it'll be a watchable mess. Yeah. Um, it'll be fine. It'll just have, at least have a decent structure. Just tell a simple story. Have a nice little simple twist. I, I kind of I, more... I don't I think be I simple. Eh? What the plot is. <laughs> I doubt it'll be simple. Simple. Sorry? No, I said I doubt it'll be simple. No, no, I don't think they'll make it too complex. It'll, it'll have a str- roughly straightforward story. And I think I know what it is already. I just kind of guess, I kind of guesstimate what it is just to make it kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, I I think they'll just do that and then leave it as that. Even right. though it's a kind of cliche story they're going to go for. But yeah, just do enough, you know, and we'll see what it'll do with that. Look, DC have everything to prove at this point, whatever. So they, let them do their thing. Yeah. I don't knock in them. I don't kick anybody when they're down, so... Let them get a gap, get come up, and then do the thing. If they do shit again, well, we'll say so. Yeah. <laughs> so and, and one one last thing I'll say though is that actually, you know, come to think of it, in terms of that dark aesthetic, 
I'm actually glad that they 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 actually committed to to being kind of anti Marvel. You know what I mean? You know, some people will right. well, uh, well we we'll forget about Wonder Woman for now because that's a origin story. But with these movies yeah. here, you know, I could tell that you know they're really trying to be. They they they're not trying to copy, you know, shot for shot, frame for frame, what Marvel has been doing over the past ten years. So, right. you know, people complain about it being too dark and so, but you know, it could be that aesthetic, aesthetic, and they could stick with it as much as they want to. I just want that the stories are good, sorry, are great. The the um, it it has a, a lot of entertainment value. You know, it, right. it's it's you know it's we and we get our our money's worth at the very end. It's not like. Or will yeah, we yeah, have to kind of suck the, the life out of us, you know, to make us care that Batman is fighting Superman and all that kind of stuff? And right. you know, yeah, yeah. But Marvel, Marvel big issue is that they, they because they, they shoot everything so green screen, everything just be kind of kind of flat looking. Um, the, you yeah, know, you can't complain. You can't say the DC films are are capable of that. DC films, I I find they look really damn good. I know I know a couple of people don't really love them all that much, but I find the DC films look really goddamn good, especially Batman v Superman. It looked great. Just you know, the script was was garbage. Uh, I, I I think what I would say though, it it gives it uh, a kind of unreal kind of look. Like see, let me, no, like, like perfect like... example is um the crow ninety ninety four right. Um, the yeah. Proyas, you know, um, Alex Proyas, sorry. See like how the visuals for that looked. Like yes, I know it's it's inspired by God and stuff, but because right. of the visuals of it, it looked like it was it was a comic book movie. It didn't look real. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I mean. So I, I, I could, I guess I could understand why the visuals, in you know BVS and Suicide Squad look the way they do. They don't want it to look, you know, uber real like how, you know, New York and all these other cities in the Marvel movies have to look, almost the way how they look like in real life, and it's just with explosions and lasers and stuff going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. So, but but what I was saying just basically is that you know DC's movies look like unreal they, they they look like legit comic book movies not yeah yeah real I, 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 agree with that. Right? I, I, I love the shots in uh i love the shots in, in dc's movies they're just some simple shots and Zack snyder really gets that right i mean sadly Dude, Watchmen, really anyone that. yeah watchman yeah, yeah, exactly. it's, it's really unfortunate that that uh, you know I, I actually blame a lot of the creative decisions not so much on zach but deborah deborah snyder just seems to have an unwanted wait, wait, level you of blame it yeah, yeah, I do. What I do. do? She, she's, she's involved a lot of involved in the creative decision. It's like, yeah, you shouldn't be like making these decisions because she makes a bunch of terrible choices. I mean, <laughs> really? that's pretty much. Wow. Yeah, I think I think that you can understand. Deborah Snyder is heavily involved in a lot of the creative choices, and just that's why everything is a mess. Uh, wow. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I do, I do think so. I have a lot of evidence. Make I can make a case. Anyway, trailer look fun. I had fun with the trailer. I expect Brianna Aquaman to be awesome. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, me too. Cool. Me too. So. You know, it's, well, it's coming out in November, so you know it's only time until you know we we, we we see something good. Oh yes, well, of course you'll have to get that second trailer, and I'm expecting to see a little glimpse of Superman, aka um, right. DC Jesus. So <laughs> we'll see how that turns right. out. Yeah. All right. So now we're moving to the Netflix special, or specials if you want to call it that. Dave Chappelle, Two Cities, One Event. Right. Yeah came out Tuesday I believe prior to the time of this recording here um, we both managed to check it out um, yeah. well before we and get into that we had to yeah. talk about we had to talk about the man of the hour himself Chappelle and you know what he yes. means in terms of 2000s um, comedy yeah he you know for me Chappelle is uh, incredibly funny uh, he's a person that 
uh, had a, always had an interesting style, just a, a no nonsense, not give a fuck style <laughs> style of comedy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he he does silly, but at the same time, you'll just do some real shit. I I his, well, the first the first stand up special I'm familiar with him with him. Now the first time I heard about him was back in 2000 when he did this really probably his most famous work on DC in DC DC Washington. Right, kill them uh, softly. Yeah. Which, by yes, the way, I, I watched before um, before watching the, the, the Netflix special. And I have to say, right. it still holds up. I mean, yes, the yeah, jokes are kind of dated, you know, the but the Sesame Street jokes and all these other things, right. they still hold up. They're still funny. Yeah. Yeah, and he, um, he, he I thought that was absolutely hilarious. Then he got a show on Comedy Central. Of he had another, another stand-up, I think, before. Um, he, it was uh, For What It's Worth. Funny thing is, yeah, I don't was, remember was about, much about of it. Minutes. Yeah, I don't remember much it of it. It was about though. 25 minutes long. Yeah, I, I think I saw about. I can't remember much that was of San it. San Francisco. Yeah, pretty, that was pretty funny as well. Um, right. But uh, yeah, but but Chappelle show though. Well, sorry to cut you. Chappelle show. I would never forget yeah. though the, the first episode. He had that yeah. black white supremacist skit, which is in yeah. my opinion the best skit of season one, best skit of the whole yeah. series. Period. And then yeah. you know, just to start off your 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 show, episode one with that, that was so the, just the satire in it was just so razor sharp, boy. It was just so out there. It was so outlandish, but at the same time, it made it so believable, but like, and you just bought every minute of it. Yes, you know, it's not real, but the way how they played off, you could tell that this was actually based off of a, off of a true story at times. Just the way how they designed right. that whole news reporting, that was epic. The way how they started off was brilliant. I always remember um, during the the first um, broadcast of Chappelle's show, they would, oh, I think there was like one special where they had like a best of um, special for season yeah. one. I remember you had 50 Cent. It was like, yo, I remember seeing that black white supremacist skit, man. And that was like the funniest shit I ever saw in my life, man. And I have to agree. Um, season one, I, I always thought was the, the better season out of... I want to exclude season three. But, you know, out of you know right. season one and two, I was fine. Season one was the best. But then season right. two came out. The jokes were a lot... Weren't as sharp as they were. It was more reliant on the characters that that um that that right. um Chappelle was playing, but he well, did me, have that Rick me, James skit though. That Rick James skit, right? For me, best uh, skit of season two, hands down. Yeah, for me, season two is funnier. Ultimately, funnier, but not as poignant. Um, season two just had some truly brilliant episodes like um Nigger Family, oh, which yeah, I yeah, think yeah. is a brilliant sketch. <laughs> then um the, the episode with with the second Charlie, like I never liked the I never liked um the Rick James sketch all that much. I never thought that was particularly funny. Why? Even though it's it, a true it, was, it was too long. Or... It's a whole yeah, episode that like, runs for And then Rick James, like it had it had its genuinely funny moments, but it just kind of just dragged on for me. But the, the sketch <laughs> I love, love the which I think is an absolute classic, couch. is when Charlie Movie did his second story about Prince playing basketball. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That Game was brilliant. Blouses. Right, exactly. It has a bunch of funny bits. Um, Yeah, the show, this show was just a, a brilliant show overall. Uh, yes. You know, then, and then... Yeah, then season three yeah. happened, but and I was like, um, what going on here? Right. What? So what happened this is that he had, yeah. a, he had a great stand-up. He had this, after the season two ended, he had this great stand-up in 2004 in San Francisco. That was great. Uh, yeah. This is the second second stand-up in San Francisco. I think that's his best his best stand-up. He's easily one of the funniest. He had a bunch of great bits in that. And it flowed so well. Um, and then something happened during the creation of season three. And he just had a, a something, a, a something of a nervous breakdown of some sort. And he fled the country, fled the show. 
just ran away from the 50 million dollars that he that Comedy Central was planning to give him. I think he went to, uh, to South Africa for a while. You yeah, know. South yeah. Africa, a bunch of rumors sold about him. He actually recently had a, a um, I think it's Gail King is her name, um, Oprah's friend. I forget her name, but uh-huh. she. She had a recent interview with him, and he kind of discovered what happened and why he did what he did. I remember that a bunch of conspiracy theories in and around his leaving, because a lot of people made the, made the running conspiracy theory how he had um, <laughs> a black Illuminati that told him to, to basically kill him, kill his own show because it was making oh, black people look bad. To, yeah, talking too much of race jokes. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Right. Well, the idea was to shape, well, the conspiracy theory goes that it was to shape America, to start shaping America's mindset to accept a black president. <laughs> so that was a really good wow not sure i have no idea how much weight it has it probably has none yeah um, but i was assuming it was just the studio was just pressuring him to to do more yeah, of these exactly. jokes and maybe you know at the time he just got older it's like well you know maybe this right. is what i assumed at the time eh? he just wanted a fresh a new direction for his show comedy central was like no just keep on doing the race jokes you know nigga this nigga that right. and he was like no forget you know it, I go on, you know, he just, he just, he just fled. He yeah, just yeah, fled. he just, yeah. he just was ultimately pressured by just a corporate entity. Comedy Central is a company, so like, I love Comedy Central, it's a great company, but yeah, if you're not powerful enough, you have no creative freedom whatsoever. That's yeah, why, like, yeah. all of these mediocre comedians who get a show just have this kind of forgettable, crappy shows and then they die. Like, right. they have uh, some uh, genuinely on the good of that, shows that come from them. Yeah, on, on the subject huh? of that, we have to talk about one of the biggest rip, um, D. Chappelle ripoff artists out there, Jen. My name is C. Jen. Right. That's what I was about to mention. Right. Yeah. So, right after Chappelle left, you know, Carlos Mencia just jumped in to fill the vacuum immediately with his cheap, sh- with his cheap show. With his and Carlos Mencia jokes. has been utterly destroyed in his career after that because he is A, not only steals joke, not only makes a bunch of racist jokes. I, I didn't find out until way later that he was not Mexican. So, you make him constantly making beaner jokes and yeah. beaner this, beaner that. And then and I like, was talking yeah, about but, these retard uh, jokes, these do, do, do. that was that was his right. stick, yeah. And he just he just he just he just saw an opportunity and jumped on it. And he you know he made a bunch of cash, but at the same time, for what I understand, the person he got caught for stealing jokes. And that's like once that is like the number one crime in, in the comedy world. If you steal course, jokes, yeah. that's it, done. Um, <laughs> you just don't do uh, that. It's, 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 not, like, it's not like a rap way could reference a rhyme or a rap song. No, you don't steal people's right. jokes, what the hell? Yeah. I think it was Dave. I think it was sorry. It was Joe Rogan who basically called him out for his bullshit and say he was a, a joke thief and all of that stuff and pretty much destroyed him. Like Joe Rogan versus Carlos Mencia is hilarious. A hilarious history to go through. You should look it up. All right, I, um, I will. I will. Yeah, it's very funny and it's actually quite funny how that plays itself out. And then um, a few years later, another person kind of filled the shell. Well, two guys filled the shell shape hole. This is Kian Beal. Yes, yes, yes. Um, they kind of took over. They did their own spin tit, and there's a really, there's, well, I won't say too poignant, it's all right interviews, a decent enough interview with Aries Spears with, about Key and Peel and how they are as an entity in the United States, because both of them are biracial, so they didn't do Chappelle from his standpoint of race, they did their own paradigm of race, and then they did their own sketch, sketches as well, yeah. and he made a joke about them, he said, um, it's two black guys in whiteface doing blackface. See, you know, it's two guys doing whiteface, doing blackface. And it's yeah, an interesting yeah, yeah. kind of cut to me mm-hmm. of how it plays out with them. I can't really hate on Key and Peele, frankly, because no, to me... me I, I like them. I don't... Exactly, know. but it, I, yeah. they're so self-aware. It's, and I, you'd be hard-pressed to, in good in good conscience to say, oh, they're sellouts or anything like that. Because they would never, quote-unquote, you know, 
black, if you want to use this 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 race dynamic, the race language, no. True. Um, no, they were never really that. In fact, but they, they do play on the paradigm of them not being black and kind of they live in quote unquote normal lives, even though they're dark skinned. Um, they're not from the ghetto. They never were really, and they never were guys that were ghetto. You know, they, both of them are Carlton from freshmen to make yeah. a run in joke. Well, well, and, to me, it was more light satire, like you know, a Chappelle show as outlandish as these skits were and as over the top as they were, they always had this really like deep um, sense of satire, a deep sense of right. irony to everything that was going on. Yeah. Yeah. But not, but not with Key and Peel at all. It was just more exactly. light. It was no, more they kind of poking fun in, in their own way, but it's, it's a different type of how it plays out now. Um, yeah. And it's, it's I'll, I'll admit, um, Key and Peel is much safer than Chappelle show. Much, of course, much safer. Of course, of course. But Chappelle just because did some other risky stuff in that. But to me, because I, I just appreciate my problem is that if you're not self aware, and Key and Peel are very self aware of the material, they both are very, very self aware what they're doing. Um, and they both, they both caress, like the show ended at a good time and they just went off and they, they, they're doing stuff interesting with their career. I still think Keegan Mike, he was part of one of my favorite films of last year, and Peel directed one of my favorite films so far of this year. Yeah, so I have sense. no problem with them and in the future. And well, we could just start talking about the show itself. Um, yeah, yeah, why not? Comes back at a perfect time. You yes, know, again, yes. to fit with the conspiracy theory narrative, it just when Barack Obama um, left the presidency. Yeah, <laughs> he yeah. Come back. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, take for that what you want. Right. Um, it yeah. was, I think, um, what was the first cities? Texas. All right. So, and... yeah, the, 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 there was two of them, right? So the first one is called... In the, in the heart, heart of, of Texas. Texas, right? Which was Austin. yeah, it was filmed at um the Austin City Limits. Sorry, right. Austin City Limits Live, and the second one is called The Age of Spin, and that one was recorded right. in um Hollywood, yeah, the Hollywood Palladium, yeah, and both okay. were like in March and April of last year. And funny right. thing is, like, I I didn't even know that. I, like, all right, like I was on the impression that they were performances from you know 2017 but i didn't it's only when i started watching them i was like oh this is from 2016 and you know like um, yeah, it's up is march and april 2016 so yeah, each event was like a month apart yeah right but I don't, I don't know that until the end is when he made reference to five dog oh no 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 well some of the jokes okay i'll just get into some of the jokes well some of the jokes were joke kind, of, as well. yeah. kind of dated you know they were talking about like for well, example he mentions key and peel being on tv at the time right um you know, he talks about politics as well, too, you know, with Reese and, you know, with Obama and stuff like that. Um, right. You know, but I was getting like a sense like, wait, now, this not sounding like something that he would be talking about in 2017. And then it's only when I really figured I was like, oh, this is from last year. Yeah. So, you know, points well, to, I to I Netflix for keeping it on your You know, stand-up specials take a while to like edit and put together if you want to, because you sort of pick a show and you're not sure what you want to go and be your best show yeah. over time now. No, Again, I, I just figured that Netflix had a little schedule, so like, oh, you'll just kind of keep it there, you know, keep it on the shelf, wait until you're ready, then you'll bring out the announcement, nah. like, about a month in advance, it's, and it's, then it's hype up people to, up. We don't know. Yeah. It's up to the comedian, because, like, when, when Lucy K does a special, he will do something, and then it wouldn't necessarily be live, it'll take a while, because, and he himself edits his stuff, because to make it the flow, and the, you have to flow it with, with cutting through the crowd and a bunch of back and forth, no? Um, I'll say, in terms of the... Just to judge the two shows together, I'll argue, it feels like a double album. Yes. You know, you have a double album where you have a bunch of good tracks in one part and a bunch of good tracks in the second track, in the second um, CD. But as a whole, it kind of a little watered down. That is what it felt like. Because it had a bunch of jokes that 
kind of missed to me. And then it had a lot of genuinely great jokes um, in this. Right. He talks a lot of interesting stuff. He talks a lot of interesting gender stuff, especially with transgender people, which a lot of people are hearing rumblings of people complaining about, and I could totally understand why. Yeah, yeah. Did you have a a little bit, but not, I thought I thought they were they were on point. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I, 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 I like the honesty that. that came with those jokes, though, because he's not saying that he just fully supports it because it's the norm and everybody has to. He's kind of calling right. it out for what it is now. So it's like, oh, well, you, exactly. you can right. have me think this way, but what if I think that way? So you understand? That's right. how it is, basically. And he, he made he made some great stuff with um, like he had a great bit, like a, a part with um, <laughs> he the, the utilitarian argument he makes, and it, it's a joke in the beginning about a, a a movie pitch he does at the Oscars, which was hilarious. Oh yes, and it comes yes, back yes, yes. That, 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 that particular um, that particular bit though, I read an article recently, and they were they were kind of disturbed by it. Actually, they they didn't. Well, you know, okay, well, basically, it's about. Right, one of the main themes is rape, actually. So they kind of was right. kind of so hyped it up, like, why are you talking about rape? Why are you making argument, fun about again, rape? Again, again, Chappelle does not give a fuck. You see, that's the whole is he editing? Yeah, this American election, you know, especially it was a good time for him to come out, where it was a big repudiation of of about people being offended and offense culture, and so Chappelle now coming back. Is a good a breath of fresh air for a lot of people like me who like I am liberal. I do accept him some of these things, but I think some of these people just I would argue there's a bunch of these people who just don't have any skin in the game when it comes to like you know identity politics. That's what I'll say about that, right? Right, right. And Chappelle, his attitude is that no, you shouldn't really have to give a fuck about this. I shouldn't have to stifle myself when it comes to more opinions. Does Chappelle have particularly um Insensitive opinions, of course. He's Dave Chappelle. He always did have insensitive opinions. Yeah. Why should he change himself? Because if you're not, if you're gonna stifle this, this stuff that's not that bad, you're gonna open up yourself to people who are very, very bad, and they're definitely not gonna give a fuck about if you offended by this, that, or the other. And I don't think he should ever have to stifle himself because a lot of the stuff he said made made sense. It's his personal life. It made a lot of sense. Exactly. It had it's one his perspective. Just... Exactly. He could be completely ignorant about that. Who yeah. cares? Freedom of Not speech, right? That's the thing. Freedom of speech. Exactly. Yeah. And I thought it was fine. Like, the way... The way I thought, I knew it would have people who would be offended by this. And I, my attitude is that, fuck them. They don't have to... They don't have... They could be offended all they want. They can't shut down Chappelle on this one. And again, the American... To me, the American election, why it played out like that, or at least a big factor of why it played out like that, was a big repudiation of that mindset. I don't know what to call it, but I just call it the kind of calumnious mindset. It's basically this culture of character assassination that exists simply because you, you make a slight slip up right. in, in your, your phrasing or something like that, or your opinion. Like you, you just want to shut, you know, they want to shut you down simply because of your opinion. And that's that's what that's what I, a big part of that election was a huge blowback. That's just my two cents of the electoral aspect of it and the social shifting yeah. and why Donald Trump win the election. It's not the only factor, but I think that was a big factor. Right. Um, and in the case of Chappelle, I thought almost everything he said about uh, gays, uh, you know, the transgender, the transgendered stuff, um, what he said about when it comes to race, when he talk about rape and Cosby, totally understand where he's coming from with that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, and, and I like yeah, that particular it, bit where um, he, he referenced uh, a previous performance where some lady in the audience was saying, you know, fuck you, why are you, why are you, you laughing at her? Why are you spending 20, 25 minutes talking about Cosby and he's a rapist and all that kind of stuff? How right. can you be talking bad about him? But he's like, well, you know, because no. he was one of his role models. So, you know. Exactly. Yeah. No, he made, he made a great bit too where he did a bit where I thought 
that was probably the most offensive part and nobody wanted to talk about it. The guy made that joke about amongst my friends and people was pissed off at me. Where I said, he talk about white women and black men. Oh, and that oh. relation. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was so, like, that was damn offensive. That's probably most offensive he said. Well, hear what he said about white women. And I, this is something I mean, I mentioned with that big part of the erection. Remember when I said, when, um, when we talk about when Donald Trump just won, and I remember I said it was a funny season finale, right? Yeah. To the election, because the election was that kind of show. But the joke I made was these hoes in Loyal basically mentioning the fact that white women was the main reason Donald Trump won the election, because that was the big demographic switch against against all expectations, right? right? A bunch of white women didn't vote for things. And my two cents on the matter was white women don't have any skin in the game when it comes to identity politics. They don't mm. really have any skin in the game. When push comes to shove, they will drop these identity politics and go back to the, to the white man and all of the feminist stuff and thing. They will just drop that and don't believe that. Black women overwhelmingly voted for Hillary Clinton, right? Um, all the other women of color, overwhelmingly, women, people of color overwhelmingly voted for Hillary Clinton. It was only white women who did that. And he made a point about the relationship with white women and black men and when it comes to suffering historically. He said, he said, you were part of the, you were part of the heist. You're only complaining about your cut. I was like, oh shit, that is probably the best goddamn way to talk about that. It is very goddamn offensive to say so. Mm -hmm. That is probably the most politically correct thing to say. But that is a good point. Sorry. <laughs> I, I'm surprised nobody talking about that. Right? They're talking about this stuff on transgender people. All right, maybe. They're talking about this stuff on, on the gay, gay part with, with, with his wife's gay friends, which again, he, his wife has gay friends. Yeah. And he does kind of insulted the, the, the wise friends not yeah, so much the, because the they, how they, how they act was... when they you know exactly. when they buy, his, buy his place yeah right um uh, but that was that was that was just really really i thought i thought more people would talk about that part the part that about white women and suffering and how white women don't really suffer or at least not in the way people of color suffer yeah i thought that's a good point to bring up you make the point yeah i that's a really goddamn... I thought more people would be offended by that part, but people are like kind of silent and it was kind of true. That was funny <laughs> as hell. Right. Uh, some of the other bits didn't really work together, but they gelled together in some other ways. As I say, um, the bits that didn't work was, again, the, the movie pitch part. That just kind of didn't go anywhere, and it's only because it came back full circle at the end. That's why it worked. Mm -hmm. um, so you say he rapes, but he, he does good. Yeah, he does good. He does good because he, he needs to rape. <laughs> Yeah. Right, with the superhero now. Mm -hmm. The superhero, and then the, 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 what is the, and then he did the other part with the, um, the part with the, the pitch in, in Hollywood with his, um, same hero, different boots. Yeah. That didn't really go anywhere. The, the, that the, kind the of superhero, right, yeah, that one. Right. That, that kind of fell flat. Yeah. Um, it's not as funny as his previous stand-up material, and as a, as a, what I thought he would have done with this is, he'd have done like how Chris Rock did, remember Chris Rock had, did a thing with Three Cities, where Chris Rock had, um, I remember was, that. Yes, I think it was an HBO yeah, was special, Johannesburg and it was it was cut in New such York. a way that you would see. It, it was right. No, yeah, but it made, it made it feel like if it was it, it made it feel to me at bit. times that he was telling the same joke at you know these trees, right? But I realized kind of, but not really exactly. You don't know, yeah. right? It have no way to tell it if it was. It wasn't the same set for all three cities, but the way they make it look like if it was one because it was cutting it and editing it in such a way that'll flow into the other as one brilliant set now. So I show you that cut away some of the mediocre stuff. And then all this stuff would have been brilliant stuff now to make it work now. Yeah. And Chappelle should have done this for this, in my opinion, and make it a longer set. And you cut out some of the weaker stuff. And then all the jokes that would have overlap, you tell the joke as it is. That's what I thought he should have done personally. Um, because a lot of the jokes just kind of didn't really land all that well for me. Um, still quite, quite, both were funny. I preferred Art of Spin to um, In the Heart of Texas personally. I thought Art of Spin was funnier. 
Um, sorry, yeah. the age of spin. Age of spin. Age of spin. Right. Well, um, um, well, sorry to cut you there, but that's actually what I was going to say. Um, compared yeah. to the to you know, if I were to compare, if I were to pick the the better of the two, I would say the age of spin is better. I thought that yeah. the jokes that they came with were excellent. Well, for the most part. Yeah. <clears throat> sorry. Um, there's one joke. Well, there's one section actually. I'm not going to spoil it. Where he talks about that that infamous um, stand-up show that he did, where people was all like, "We want Dave Chappelle, we work Chase, bitch," and you know he 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 kind of yeah kind of lashed out. Well, not really lashed out. He just walked away. There's one specific bit where where he says about you know the people booing at him and asking for the money back. I'll leave it at right. that. That particular joke, that punchline, had yeah. me in stitches. That right. was like the funniest I, thing I heard from him in ages. And I just felt that, you know, the, the jokes just kept coming. You know, there were there were a couple of misses here and there. And I would say the same thing for Deep in the Heart of Texas. It wasn't as strong as the, the um, age, um, age of spin. With the right. Deep in the Heart of Texas, he got more personal. He was talking about his family and, you know, with his wife. Uh, incident yeah. involving some white kids pelting um, snowballs at him. Yeah. And him trying stuff. to get back yeah. at him. Yeah, that was kind of interesting. And, yeah. you know, with him... Kind of talk about his sex life and all these kind of things. So it's just basically kind of, you know, this him kind of opening up a bit for the audience to be like, oh, well, this is how he is now. Oh, sorry, this is how his post, his private life is. Because from what I know, he he tends to be like a recluse. We don't really know much about his um, private life, and we shouldn't anyway. But you know, just glad to see him kind of open up there. But with the with the age of spin now, um, he was touching about you know race and stuff, and I like that particular moment where he was talking to the younger heads and talking about you don't know how it is you don't know how life was you don't know how it was back in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s you all think oh they have it good that kind of thing that was a, like a nice gem dropping moment there. that was cool um yeah but i just felt that with the jokes it just hit so much harder with this one with 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 the with the age of spin uh deep in the heart yeah. of texas well admittedly that was the one that i watched first that one kind of okay. felt like oh well it's chappelle is back and he's still making jokes <laughs> and you know we're laughing they don't really hit as hard as they want to but they're just laughing because it's Chappelle and you can tell he's having fun you know he always kind of chuckles every time he makes a joke and drops the mic I like that uh, but with Aja Spin though he just came in hard with you know with those jokes I like how raw he was with it um, yes the, the rape jokes and stuff would offend people but you know you can kind of tell he's not being too serious about it and you know People would still be like, well, you know, you should, you still should be talking about rape and still should be talking about Bill Cosby. You still should, you still should be making fun about O.J. Simpson. Yes, it's a bit about O.J. Oh, Simpson yes. that runs for like <laughs> four runs times. Yeah. <laughs> I like, yeah. like near the end, slight spoiler, where you take the performance and he's like, oh wait, there's one last thing about I forgot to mention about O.J. Yeah, Simpson. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That was, that was real cool. That was real cool. Um, But for me though, like, I wouldn't say it's as great as, say, Killing Them Softly, Killing Them Softly no. still had those jokes that you remember. Like I said, that Sesame Street skit, you still remember that. But there were so much a genuine great moments that you got from him. And also, overall, it's Chappelle. He's back. He's doing what he what he's known for. He's doing what he loves. Right. And he's still, well, maybe not as great as he used to be back when he was younger, well, of course. But still, he, he still has it. No, he has one more. No, he totally still got it, you know. It was still great, you know. But he has one more um, stand-up special to do. This yes, treat. I believe it's... Um, one is coming. This one and will be a 2017 one, I believe so. Yeah, he has one more to do. We're not sure if he'll do anything else after. We're not sure what's going on with that. But he has one more to do, so hopefully that'll be really good. Yeah. Um, 
and, and well, oh yes, I forgot to mention to um, I love the the, the shout out at the end to um to Five Dog, um, Five Dog at the yep. age of spin, and he also shouted out um, oh gosh, this uh comedian I forgot his name, J- Gary Shan. Yeah, Gary Shan. Yeah, yeah. Shan, um, Shan, is Shanfield Shanling? Sorry, Shanling. Shanling. Yeah, yeah, that that was yeah. nice. And the thing is, he. As I said, this felt like the double album. It felt like it was a little on the water down and you could tell he didn't have it. He doesn't follow in as the way he should. Um, but mostly because I just think he just it was just a matter of the choice of editing. It had some, I liked the, the production value in the beginning, especially with that little 3D kind of thing he's doing in black and white. And then he go into this weird, you know, drug trip kind of thing with all oh, the stuff. On, on, the, on the subject of that, though, um, props Morgan to Morgan. whoever was involved in, the, in, in picking the music for picking... Yes. The great G Diller. If if you know if you're a hip hop head, you're supposed to know who G, um, G Diller is. The lead great yeah. G Diller, one of the best hip hop producers out there. They picked this song, working on it. That play me, buy me, working yeah. on it. Yeah. And I love those psychedelic visuals that they use for that. It yes. fit the vibe of the song perfectly. And of course, you know Morgan Freeman doing the voice yeah. of a narration that was on point. And I love that choice of. Um, you know the song that they used to open and close the the, the performances. That song is um, called "In Every Ghetto." It's from Talquali, Ninth Wonder, and Rhapsody. Great song. I love that gospel vibe. That in every ghetto, you know it 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 yeah. fits, and it reminds me a lot like um, a great documentary, Dave Chappelle's Block Party, where Talquali was right. involved. Yeah. yeah, you know he loves that yeah. kind of conscious hip hop, and I'm glad that he still, you know, he he, he still chose to, to, to pay homage to, to that style of hip-hop. Even if you remember from like Chappelle Show, for example, Talib Kweli um, performed there, Roots performed, Eric Abadu performed, you uh, know, a lot of great performances. I think there. that was the premiere of Kanye West, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, Kanye West had performed. West yeah, he, he, he did his um, Two Words, which is still one of yep. my favorite songs from Kanye West ever. So it's, um, yeah. it's Kanye, I think Freeway was there. But right. no way, I know Most Def was there. Most Def makes appearance. He even did a, a couple of um skits before in Chappelle Show. But yeah, but getting back to um to the Netflix special here. Yeah. So yeah, I love the choice of music there. Um the black and white photography that they use in the opening mm. and you know the end credits were fantastic. I love the shots that they got those. And just from you know, from a technical pers- uh, perspective, the way how um these these performances were shot. The framing, the angles, you know, all those things were, were on point, man, you know? So, yeah. I agree with you. It's not, like, the, the best, best, best um, Chappelle show, stand-up comedy, you know, performances you'll ever see in your life. But if you are a fan of Chappelle, you will love... You just love and, the fact but, that he is on and, stage doing doing his thing, you know what I mean? Yeah, we and we, because we're in an interesting age when it comes to um, humor and, and the nature of humor and what could what is what is considered funny and again I, I have a huge problem with this this culture of, I, again I, I call it the columnist culture it's basically, basically a culture of char- character assassination um, that goes out of its way and it, it's mainly coming from the left you know you can't make any jokes nothing is funny if you offend that kind of nonsense um, yeah he was a kind of a breath of fresh air as a comedian because of at course. the same time um, Amy Schumer who completely fell flat I heard, her, her, I didn't see it but I heard her, um, her stand-up special was a mess and one of the worst rated out there wow um, okay <laughs> you know you're just kind of weird timing of the nature of comedy and how comedy should play out now I do believe that you can't have politically correct humor I do believe in that um, but you need to have you need to give artists wiggle room and uh, to me a big fat a big sorry has said fat a big part of what is funny is just being offensive is a big part of it is that uh 
and you have to give that option. Sorry, you need to be, be you need to allow for offense. It doesn't. You could be a person could be raunchy and, and and be terrible. I ain't saying that, but at the same time, you need to give at least allow for the option because there are people yeah. who find offensive stuff funny. It's not funny because it's offensive. It's a, it's funny because of its subversion. Exactly. That's why it works. And here's the thing: comedians but, have been doing that for years. Richard Pryor, right. Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, um, Lenny Bruce. Yeah, you know, people um, like Chris, Chris Rock and all. You know what I mean? They've been doing exactly. that for years. Right? So why? Because Trump is president. Oh, we can't have these kind of jokes anymore. Oh, no, no, no. Well, no, even before that. I mean, it was even before. It wasn't like whether or not Trump is president or anything. What I've noticed is there's, yeah, yeah, a, there's a shift yeah. culture. Right. Um, that's what I noticed. There's a big shift back of that culture. And it's, a, a, again, a repudiation of this. I don't know what to call it. But again, I, I just call it identity politics, which is safe space types they want safe spaces and you can't say anything about this group and you can't offend that group da, 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 da. and that's just a nonsense sorry yeah. it doesn't really make sense to, to operate like this um right. and you're starting to see a blowback against that now starting to really happen right. uh and yeah Chappelle represents that he represents a person that doesn't have to listen to your nonsense doesn't have to give a fuck and he just says what's on his mind exactly. you could be ignorant and, and, who cares and that's what we love about him at the end of the day and you know that's what he gives us yeah um, written rice, yeah. you know. Well, I actually wanted us read both of them together. I think you should just watch them back right. to back. It'll it'll work perfectly. Just like listen to a double album, right. you know. Um, I would give this right. a decent three and a half out of five stars. It's definitely worth checking out. If you are a fan of Dave Chappelle, you will love. I don't want to see every minute of it, but you'll just love the fact that he is on stage doing his thing, not giving a shit, just seeing what's on his mind, and making everybody, even like the white chicks who were sitting on in front of Aja Spin, laughing and chuckling and, and thing. You know, it's just good-natured yeah. fun. You know, it, people might get offended by it, but I mean, oh gosh, you, you, you know his style, you know what he's been doing for years, and then he going now to, you know, to, to demean anybody in particular, even himself. But you know, it's just it's just good natured fun. So by yeah. all means, check it out. You'll have a blast. So yeah, I, yeah. I give it roughly roughly a similar score about about seven out of ten. I'll say eight out of ten if anything. Uh, for me, um, it's nowhere near as good as his, his original standards. But then those were honed to perfection. These won't. And I, I, as I said, what he could have done is just have it edited in such a way where it's just getting the best of both. And that should have been one good special, one longer special. But overall, it's still brilliant stuff for me. Um, I'm really glad to see him back. Um, and yeah, he. I hope we get much more from him in the, in, the, in the long run. I hope we get, you know, much more stand-up special. The, the third stand-up special hopefully should be well done. I would really enjoy that. Yeah, I, I, I can't wait to see that one. And um, like I was hearing a couple of people saying, you know, why doesn't Netflix renew um, Chappelle's show? I'm like, um, no. Chappelle show is a product of its time. Let's be real here. Yeah, you know, it's a product it. of well, like the, 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 the to mid two thousands. So let's not right. try to bring back that again. You know, it did its right. thing. It was fun. It was great. But we need to move on. And Chappelle has moved on. So you know, let me just see what yeah. what else he has in store. Yeah. Along from TV, now we're gonna get to movies at long last. 
first we're gonna talk yeah. about the newest um disney animated uh animated to live action feature beauty and the beast yeah. which of course is a remake of the timeless 1991 film of the same name it was the first animated film to be nominated for best picture um and it's directed by bill condon who directed films such as dream Girls, and he even directed a couple of twilight movies you know breaking dawn <laughs> but of course i i don't even care about those movies i i honestly stopped at eclipse or was it full moon i can't remember but anyway um i you know i remember dream Girls. i don't remember everything from it but i remember really enjoying a lot from it especially you know with eddie murphy coming out and actually you know singing and doing stuff like that and you know, with this one here is basically Bill Condon's return to um, to the musical genre, right? Um, the story is pretty much the same thing as before, uh, but we, you know, it's in live action, as, as I said before, and we have, you know, live actors playing these characters this time. So, of course, we have Emma Watson, who you would remember from the Harry Potter series, playing Belle. We have um, Dan Stevens playing the Beast. And yeah. I'm not a Downtown Abbey fan, so I never really i don't really know his um filmography but you know i i know that he started in that show uh we also have um, luke, have, evans uh, luke evans in a, in a, a scene stealing performance i seen that one time as gaston we have gosh yeah. who plays um his um <clears throat> friend lefou um right and we have you know voice acting from ewan mcgregor stanley tucci the great ian mckellen um emma thompson oh yes and i forgot to mention Kevin Klein, who I haven't seen in ages, who plays um, Bell's father, Maurice. So, um, what are your thoughts on on, on Beauty and the Beast? What What did you like about it? I or didn't like. Thought this was unnecessary. I thought this movie was unnecessary. Like they didn't need to make this. I would agree, but continue. Go on. Yeah. Um. So it worked. I, it was alright. It was like uh, it was okay. I thought. Another thing too is that they could have probably get rid of the um what do you call it like the the music music didn't work for me either like what? oh they bring back the goodness I no, didn't no, like I'll, I'll the argue with that but continue keep oh. continue. yeah continue. the opening sequences are right with her um I didn't really care for is again it's only probably the look at look at one scene was pretty good he had some good shots um good sorry I seen shots good scenes with with his musical sequences but yeah overall I didn't um I couldn't really get into this uh, overall it was good. But it's like, yeah, this was totally unnecessary because of the original. Now you should have changed it up. You yeah. should have tell this. Well, same. all right, no, 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 no. Let me let me intervene. No, let me let me let me bring in my my little argument, right? My little two cents. Um, yeah. First of all, I do agree with you. Like you know, in the when you really think about it, right? Why was why why remake Beauty and the Beast? Like why remake something that is so timeless? You know, like I would I wouldn't call myself the biggest. Beauty and the Beast fan, but right. I acknowledge the relevance it has, not just in terms of Disney, but in terms of animation in general. Just the stuff that it did, technically, you know, as a as a musical, as a romantic film, it excels in all three. It's a great musical, it's a great romantic film, and it's a great animated film. You know, right? And okay, yeah. Well, yes, th- well you, sir. Yeah, well, well, th- but this, sir, but um, so for them to say, you know what? I, I, I think we should I think we should take that that beloved film that's so perfect to everyone 
And let me just make it live action, man. Let me, let me, let me try right. something out and see what happens. But it didn't, to me, it, it's like, yes. why really? Why exactly? When you think about yeah, they it. Didn't, but that's the whole point, is that they didn't, they didn't do anything with it. because Right, well, that's it, where I'll argue with. But continue. No, but, but the others, like, okay, compared to the others, with, well, Cinderella did its own thing, I thought. <laughs> right. um, but Jungle Book, Jungle Book and Maleficent did its own, did a different thing. You know, yes, yes, did totally agree, thing. yeah. I told a new, new story. And I was like, oh, I thought he was going to do that with Beach and the Beast. And we didn't really get that. We just kind of got the same story. Right. Um, no, no, here's, here's, here's my argument, right? No. No, I I actually agree with you as well. I think that they should have taken a, some creative risks with this new adaptation. Yeah. But because, like I said, it's so beloved and so appreciated by, you know, so much of fans out there. I think that and you know yes it tweaks certain things and what i mean by tweak um what i what i like particularly about this movie is that it didn't really use the 1991 film as reference it also used um the 1946 film beauty and the beast of the same name it's actually it's a french movie it's directed by um jean cocteau it's actually one yeah. of the it's heel is one of the greatest french films of all time i actually saw it before watching this movie and i understand why um but it's a lot it's way darker than the nineteen ninety one version by far. It's shot in black and white. There's a lot of like really dark interiors and stuff and I saw that they recreated it here. Um and even right down to the beast as well too, who I felt for like a nine forty six movie had some excellent um uh makeup done. The makeup effects yeah. for that character alone. And this is way before CG. I thought that was fantastic. And it was just a different take on the story. It had that same magical vibe about it, but it was done in a kind, in a slightly darker way. And I, I, I like the fact that Bill Condon, who, by the way, loves and really adores that 1946 film, paid homage to it, especially with the interiors. Um, the interior shots, I like the fact that they had this sort of darkish tone compared to how everything else was. And you see it really in the end, where it's sort of kind of bright, contrast where spoiler alert for those who haven't seen the the um the 991 film who don't know the story when beast when the beast sorry um is when he he changes back into the prince and right. everything becomes bright and clear you really do see and feel that contrast but it you know they they tweak some stuff like in particularly a particular sorry with uh with maurice um bell's father you know, um, stealing the rules and then the beast confronting them. That was actually from the 1946 film. But there was some other stuff that they kind of changed up as well too compared to both films that for the most part worked. Some of it, a few things didn't really quite work out the way I want them to, but it's still kind of wrapped up in, uh, you know, a, a, should I say a Disney way. But my point is, is that I felt that, you know, I understand why they had to play it safe because... You had this legion of fans, and you know, if you were to change things up drastically, they would be mad, you know? And it's because you took this particular film that is so beloved, that has so much of great moments and memorable songs, of course. And yeah, this is why these songs, you know, come back again. Actually, not surprised about that. You know, I mean, you like who in 2017 would be looking forward to a remake of the 1991 movie and not expect to hear the songs, you know? Um, you know, be our guests and Beauty and the Beast. Of course, these songs would come back again, you know. But still, overall, I kind of appreciate Disney for playing it safe. But because, you know, like I said, large amount of fans, they'd be very pissed off if you change things up too much. 
I felt that it worked a lot better with uh, with Jungle Book, where I felt that the original film was kind of passable. It didn't really hold up to me. And just the things that they changed for, you know, the, the live-action version was excellent. But here, because the story is just so, quote-unquote, perfect, there's only so much you could do. There's only so little that you could change. And the little stuff that they, they, they tweak, I thought it, it, it worked, but still... It was just dizzy playing it safe and I kind of understand why I can't really fault them for it. But still, it go just goes back to the question, you know, why why take this one film and remake it then? You know, it's like that that quote, if it ain't broke, don't try to fix it. It's not broke, so why try to fix it for? Why remake it? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, but still, there's much to like and I honestly did like and enjoy it. Um, I thought that the visuals were, were outstanding. They were, you know, breathtaking. They were excellent. Um, you know the moments where they brought that that magic i felt i, I, I really was feeling the magic at first i was kind of like i don't know if i could buy into this and i don't know if i could buy into emma watson singing over that same song about oh it's Belle. i forgot the name of the the title of the song basically where she's walking through the town and everyone is like oh Belle is so weird and all that kind of stuff basically i was like yeah yeah is this, it's gonna be emma like a shot for shot remake of this but then later on i was like all right, now I buy into it. Now it, it's kind of flow. Now it's kind of work on me. And then you know when it got all magical, you know when the beauty and the beast rendition and all these things, I was I was really feeling it. I would I would admit I felt it. Right. I for me, um, I just again because I just couldn't get into to you know just it being so similar to the original. I mean, again, it's it, they do they do a couple of changes here or there. And I another problem I had was the beast was looking too sexy in this. Like, wait, <laughs> not really a beast though. Yeah, that, that's it. He, he looks too too handsome. Like like, okay. Yeah, um, I'm a beast. Now, argument wise, from like from a retrospect, right? You could say, well, there's no way a girl like Belle could be attracted to like an ugly creature like the Beast. I'm talking about the 1991 yeah. version, right? So right. let me humanize him a bit, have him have you know, yeah, make him look a little human. And I felt like the 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 just that face and all wasn't as convincing yeah, as it could have been. They could have you know tweaked it a little bit more the the cg on the face i felt it wasn't beast like it was more like a hybrid really if that makes sense but that's, yeah. that's the thing. yeah that i had to assume that because i thought they would have done something interesting with the, with the design yeah and even like his bill and all too it wasn't as you know kind of animalistic as um as the right as the um as the 1991 film was it more felt like the 1946 one but even in the 1946 one it looked more beastly than his face looked way more beastly than what we saw here this one i got the idea that maybe it, they wanted they were like an excuse for for um, for bell to be more attracted to him like in the latter half of the film but still it's a beast come on it's not a half man half beast you know what i mean if, if that make any sense no, yeah, yeah, she, um, it, it, yeah, yeah, I agree with that because I find it didn't really work. Um, another problem I had. So the, the conflict wasn't there anymore, as much as it was before it got started. Like, so the arc they decided to do is like, wait, why decide to do it in this way instead of the original? Well, I won't say the original, but the nineteen ninety one winner. Yeah, like, what, why? Yeah. Do you... I, I would agree with that too. It, it, it really caught me off guard when they, when they made that change as to why Gaston cools against the beast in the first place. Like how it starts up right. actually. It was kind of weird to me, and anyway, how they kind of just stop it at that particular point. That was one of the moments where I was like, yeah, I didn't like how they changed that. And then they brought right. in this character, well, re you know, that character, I'm not going to say who, was introduced at the very beginning. And, oh yes, yeah. props to this movie for actually giving us some more backstory into the Beast. I thought that was really cool in the intro. Um, 
And then what I like in that is that it actually explained why all the cutlery and silverware from the 1991 film, all of them were actually alive and doing all these crazy things during the um, Be Our Guest, um, you know, segment. But still, character-wise, well, well, I would say this um, with the characters, where the performances actually I thought were great. Um, yeah. But we have to mention, of course, the, the controversial decision to turn, you know, um, George Gard's character into right. quote unquote the first gay character in a Disney yeah, but, movie. But, I'm like, um this there was no big no. deal in it, you know? It it kinda yeah, worked sure. in, in a humorous way. Did you know. just like how to me it was just it was about as big as a deal as how they did um Sulu in Star Trek. Yeah. Like, yeah. Dizel, it didn't yeah. go anywhere. It's like that's all they did with that. You uh. know and, and, and you you know but Die Hard fans say deal. that you know LeFou in the original nineteen ninety one film yeah, you know what you think about? He was kind of gay, you know, the way he was kind of sticking up on right, the Gaston. But here it was like kind of telegraphing it too much, but I like that he kind of right. toned it down a little bit so, you know, kids wouldn't be a little uneasy. Well, sorry, parents wouldn't be like well, before, walking out from the cinema, basically. That's what I say. No, but before, before I... Uh... Before I knew about this, because they had it in, I think it's with this one, Malaysia, I think they, they decided to pull the film because of that, and then they bring back the film. I was like, wait, what? Why did bring it back to the film? That means that the scene wasn't a big deal. When I saw the film, not a big deal. Pointless bullshit. Yeah, and it was just a hype There was a couple more shots that um that I didn't expect actually, but when I saw it, I was like, oh, I saw what they did there. Where they, they would go in for a kind of, you know, homosexual reference or spin there. Uh one scene involving the, you know, the the, the cupboard that talks. I, I forgot that character's name. Um right, I I, yeah. And I saw it there, I was like, Oh, okay, that's what they did. And then a, a, a quick shot near the end, which I felt was tacked on and unnecessary, in my opinion. Um, but apart from all that, there's really no big deal to it. It's just there to kind of build hype around the show, for, you know, for people to see it. And, you know, to make it kind of relevant or, you know, once again, to, ask the, to answer the question, why do we need a remake of the show here? Oh, well, we have to pander to this, you know, this crowd now and that crowd now. And, oh, well, we could change it up. I felt that there was no need for that, to be honest. Just if you want to tell this story, tell this story. If, if there's like a legit need to change a character to fit a, a certain person's beliefs, cool, but don't just slap it on just to get, you know, just to spark controversy and, you know, debate and, you know, different countries wanting to ban it. And like a, a scene, for example, Russia give it like a, a 14 plus rating, something like that, some yeah, crap like that. Sure. Yeah. Just for like, just a, a few shots of Josh Gad just being kind of effeminate is like, um, no. But because the way how he plays it it's so not corny it's 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 done in terms of laughs basically so just to add on the fact that yeah he's gay so that's why he's acting so there's no need for that so I don't know it it, it just felt kind of tacked on to me but it did not it did not detract me from enjoying the film Um, like I said Luke Evans I thought stole every scene he was in I love the kill the beast sequence I thought he was fantastic in that song i love that song by the way kill the beast i love that um right. emma watson i thought was fine in this one i i had no complaints with her i heard some talk that um her voice was kind of pitch shifted at some points because she had no, that had, great of had, a singer um, oh god i forget what it was called that boy um she had oh gosh shit what's the name of that thing again it's vocal fry she had a little bit of vocal fry right but i was yes. like you know what this is emma watson i mean she's fine I've, I've no yeah, she with have, her being. She should have been a la la la. <laughs> yeah. Because she mean, can actually sing. Yeah, yeah. 
um I, I thought she did a, a, a great job um, playing bell um dan stevens i thought was was great as as beast he didn't have that yeah. kind of raw animalistic quality that you know the the animated version did but i thought that for what he was go- um what he was given i thought he, 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 he did a great job i'll give him that kevin klein they could have done I, 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 in terms of the beast design as i said before before they could they could have done more with this because that's why it's just it it just didn't feel conscientious in its making it was just kind of just decided to just make a just a straight remake and didn't change much didn't change enough true and true. I, I just couldn't get into this yeah um and oh yes and kevin klein i thought was was excellent uh, like i say i haven't seen him okay in a, in a movie in like ages so i was glad that he played that character good enough and you know the things that they they, they add in were, were pretty cool because you know it's stretching a movie that's primarily nine three minutes long with credits to about two hours plus. So I thought that the stuff right. that they added in you know worked. Um, I was worried about the character design for like the, you know for um, you know for the cutlery and you know um what's the character's name Lumiere and you know Cogsworth. I was worried about those designs, but when I saw how the were rendered and you know the voices supporting them i thought it actually worked it, it felt part of this of this live action you know s- version of of this beloved story I, I thought it worked i was really worried about how those right. inanimate objects would have looked especially like uh, like i say with cogsworth and especially like the teacups in them i was worried that they, w- they wouldn't get that design or at least get it to look believable enough i felt that you know CG wise, it um you know Disney did a, a a great job with that, um, but yeah, but really the biggest flaw is that it doesn't really do anything different with it. Like I said, I do understand that you know they played it safe. I get it. I have to give credit to them for that, but still, you have to kind of ask yourself: Well, if you're not gonna take any creative risk with it, then why remake it in the first place? Yeah, and the obvious answer, of course, is money because right now this this movie is like number one in the box office. Yeah, no, it, 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 it's I, much I easier, to make you know? cash because when I, when I went to see it, it was huge. It had a ton of a ton of people. Like it had real, like a big crowd. Now I was like, wait, there's a bigger crowd than don't, and that was even weekend. Yeah, so like, oh shit. Yeah, and finally, I forgot to mention there's a couple of new songs there. There's one that's um performed by Dan Stevens himself. It doesn't hold up as much as i expected it to but then again i i feel that maybe if i watch this film a few times and maybe give the soundtrack album a couple of listens it might stick with me um i like that oh oh that celine dion song that played during the the end credits well you know well the before before the 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 slow crawl i loved that sequence in particular the song was was fine but i love that sequence i love how they had the french um, translation of you know the you know um, like director director photography those things because it really paid tribute to that 1946 film I really loved that moment that was great um, I really love the fact that they paid a lot of tribute to the to that film because I know a lot of people don't know about it a lot of people probably don't even know it exists some people don't even know that the the, the 80s TV show with Ron Pullman and Linda Hamilton actually exists you know um, okay yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I, I remember. I remember a couple of scenes from it. Like I remember when it was on TV. Yes, I was that young, but like, if you ask me, like episodes or what it was about, nah, I can't help you. But I do remember it being on TV at the time, and it was a big deal. But I just didn't care for it at the time. I was just like, oh, between me, you know. But still, as far as um live action adaptations go, I have to give, I have to say that this is. One of the most faithful that I've seen in a long while. 
um you know so great it, it, it's great that it actually does stay true to that 1991 film but yeah at the same time it's kind of like well if the movie was so perfect why remake it in the first place you know but the remake is is good it, it, it functions on its own and you know it's not like it's better than the original but you know i think i do see a lot of fans of the of the original film really enjoying this film really loving it really oh, yeah. loving the fact that they're hearing these songs all over again and seeing these characters in live action and seeing these scenes recreate but still of course it's not gonna hold a, ha- a, a candle sorry to the original and right. i felt that the movie knows that but it was just so faithful it just retelling the story it's just like well you know what this shut up and just buy into the magic once again <laughs> so i'll um, just get into my rating one time unless you have any yeah, last words all right well rating oh, yeah, uh, for me, okay yeah, yeah last words okay well yeah for me um yeah as i say i just hated that they just play things way too straight you know it's the superman returns problem now you know why cater to it in such a straightforward way you don't you're not changing much and what you change not really helpful in my opinion it doesn't they didn't bring anything to the table that i enjoyed I just couldn't get into it. Sorry. Um, anyway, go ahead. All right. Well, rating-wise, I'll give this a very light four to five. I mean, it's definitely okay. worth seeing on big screen. And I'll actually have to admit the treaty was, was on point. There's a particular shot with a certain projectile. That's all I'll say. That caught more off guard. That's just how they, how they did that. I thought that the CG worked. How, how the CG was integrated into the story was excellent. Um, I didn't have the the uh, opportunity to see the 1991 version in 3D, unfortunately. But I would imagine it's kind of like just the same thing. But overall, I was thoroughly entertained, and you know, I I enjoyed it for the most part. Once again, it's you know, it's every bit what you would expect from your um as a remake of this you know this classic timeless original film. And of course, that question will be on you know uh, if if you're a stickler for. Or, or it's not so much a stickler for you know detail, but if you really genuinely love the original film, then you probably will be asking yeah. yourself why remake this thing in the first place. And I know I have a few people out there who just probably hate the movie because it's not as as bright as you know the the uh, uh, colorful as the original one was. But this is because right. once again it's happening back to that 1946 version, and instead of just being black and white, it's more with these sort of kind of cold colors, especially with um. You know, with the 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 Beast's castle, and I love that creative, that stylist, um, stylistic choice there, and just everything visual and directing wise and acting wise, I thought was was fine. So yeah, wouldn't hurt to check it out if if you love the original one, then you'll have a blast with this one. If you never right. cared for it, then you wouldn't care for this one. If you like that everything should stay the way they are, then there's really no need for you to see it. But still, light four to five, I say check it out. Right for me, I, I give this a high CC eight. Um... It, it was still good. Yes, it's well made. It's well done, blah, 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 blah. But again, it just didn't bring anything new to the table. Um, that was my big problem. Yeah, they had new songs and changes. But again, it's, to just a quick, just to reiterate, it's the Superman Returns problem. Why do this over in this way, so identical to the previous, and not bring anything new to the table? Yes. And what you brought is not special. Yeah. Um, that's, a, that's a serious problem with that. Yeah. I was really underwhelmed with this ultimately. Um, um, but yeah, I, I so this, see it. Yeah, I'll say this in closing. Um, Though I haven't seen Cinderella and Maleficent, um, I really, really enjoyed Jungle Book. I loved how right. that story was was you know changed from the the yeah. animated version. But yeah, they know, did a big change. Yeah, yeah, but I kind of not really into this whole 
this whole trend now that Disney's been doing now with taking the much beloved films and making it into live action because now I hear it in 2018 or either, tw- either next year or year after we're supposed to be getting a live action version of The Lion King why right. please don't but okay I, I can't um, say please don't but I don't, um, know. Why? I don't even live up to that classic because that to me Lion King is a hard, a hard you know barrier to jump over I mean, um, but there's other films from the from the Disney Renaissance that they could they could no, do they, over. They, they could do much, over. I, well, sorry, they, they, like, there's Mulan is doing over for one thing. They're doing over Mulan. I know that. But what about Pocahontas? Right. What about I don't know Hercules? What about Tarzan? What about Hunchback of Notre Dame? Anybody remember right, Hunchback no, of Notre Dame? Anybody remember that? Yeah. yeah no. Okay. Yeah. So they're doing. They're doing. I heard they're just pretty much doing everything. So the idea is that they they, they have I think seventeen lineup. Yes, one seven. What? One seven of these live action remakes line, so that's pretty much the whole catalog. Um, they're just gonna try to just do as much as they can. I uh, don't know if they not. I know they're, they're already casting for Aladdin, which will be interesting. Um, Mulan, I'm worried about because I heard they're not gonna have any music in it, which is like what oh the hell? yeah, Mulan, yeah, that 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 that's a that's a that's a bad Mulan thing. Mulan right exactly because to me, Make a Man Out of You is still easily one of the best Disney songs ever. Yeah, I'll fight yeah, you. Disagree with me on that no, one. No, no, you're um, right, you're right, you're right. Um, and then, well, Lion King gonna be interesting one. As I said, Lion King is a big damn hurdle to jump over, but John Favreau doing it, he's the guy who did Jungle Book. Good. But I'm not sure how... The problem is that if you have no humans, why is it a live-action remake exactly? It's not. Yeah, I, I um, if, it's, if it's like a full so CG to... version, then all right, I guess, but why? Exactly. To take the gamble of trying to tell a new story, and that is a big gamble with that because to me, the way how Lion King is paced out and, and told is well followed, people next to perfect, and I think it's quite well done. Um, Same here. So, that is a masterpiece you don't want to touch. But stuff like Hunchback and Notre Dame is very fascinating to see play out. I'd like to see how that's done. Um, I would like to see if they do a proper retelling of Aladdin. I want them to do the Maleficent thing with Aladdin and have it with Jafar. I would love to see that. Um, that that's something I'd like to see interesting and done. Like how they make Maleficent the good person, yes, make Jafar the good guy, and, try and figure out a story with that. That yeah. could totally work. I'd like to see that happen. But I don't know what they're gonna do. But yeah, they're gonna do the except these are these things. So buckle up, guys. You have a lot to go through. <laughs> Yay! Yeah. And now finally, Power Rangers. Yeah. Which is based off of the. Popular but still incredibly mediocre TV show of the same name. Yeah, oh, sorry, my, my my bad. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And just as a I little yeah, as a little side note before we talk about this one here, um, I the, the only research that I did prior to watching this movie here is that I watched Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the movie. You know that that film from nineteen ninety five, and yeah, does it hold up? Oh hell no, no. it does yeah, not. Terrible. But here's the thing that, that, caught, my, that caught my off guard when I watched it again. Eh? Yeah. The visual effects were terrible. Yeah. This was like terrible. some of the worst CG I ever saw in my life. And this yeah. is from 20th Century Fox. Eh? This is 1995. This is like, you know, the 90s was just a year all these big budget movies. Like, of course, 95, you have to mention Batman Forever and, you know, Waterworld and those kind of shows. You know what I mean? This CG, you know, visual effects were at a high standard now. And then you have Power right. Rangers come out with all this crappy visual effects now. I was telling myself, well, okay, maybe the, the, the VFX team that was behind um, 
Independence Day, they were probably working on this stuff at the time when this movie was, you know, in production. Uh, and then they just get calling like a weekend. And it's like, all right, we well, need some visuals here because the miniatures for the Zords and stuff not working. So we needed to do some effects. We wanted to do Ivan Ooze's effects and all these other things. And you have a whole weekend to do it. And that's all we got. It looked like a weekend's worth of visual effects. It looks yeah, it was pretty painfully bad. awful. Um, the thing is, I okay, so I am I a fan of Power Rangers? The answer is no, ultimately. But uh, what I would say is, I will defend two seasons of Power Rangers that was actually good in my opinion. This was basically the end of Zordon's arc, which is roughly season six, uh, also known as Power Rangers in Space, which was the highest rated Power Rangers, and actually had a good arc and good storytelling. And then Power Rangers Lost Galaxy, which was the season right after, which kind of took off its own thing and kind of did its own thing. What I do recommend, if anybody familiar with the online personality known as Linkara, although it's disturbing that his, his YouTube channel got deleted recently, uh, but you can find it on his website. Um, he does a big roundup of all Power Rangers series, like a big history and just gets into the, a big review and then the history of it. So he's like the biggest Power Rangers fan online. Um, but I remember Power Rangers in space and that was actually pretty damn good. It had a good arc. I actually liked what was going on. And then, so this movie kind of is like they're planning to follow that arc from what I understand. Right. With Zordon's arc now. And then they decide to do their own thing where they change, they change up a lot of stuff like the, the origin of Rita and the relationship Rita has with Zordon and a whole back and forth. Yeah. Um, um, but well, well. I, now he had to take with this yeah. movie, yeah? This movie well, is well, too well, damn long. All right. Well, okay. Be- before we get to the length of it, as well, kind of run down briefly what it's about. Now, once again, I'm not the biggest Porridge's fan either, but I just gonna call it. I just gonna kind of relate it as 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 I saw it. So, it's basically you know our five characters. They're teens. Um, they, they kind of introduce them as these kind of misfits. Basically, they 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 um they meet each other. Well, sorry, three of them actually meet each other during um um one day at detention. And yeah. they confront the other two around this sort of mining area, basically outside, or you could say basically in the forested areas of Angel Grove. Yes, it's still in Angel Grove. And, yeah, it's um, a mining town and a fishing village at the same time. Yeah, which which is kind of weird. You had those two things basically. But anyway, so we have um the the Blue Ranger. Um, his name is one sec. Yeah, he's a guy right. from Mule and Dangle, right? Yes, yes. Um. Right, his character's name is Billy Cranston, which is a nice yeah, play Billy. on, you know, um, <laughs> Brian. Brian Cranston, of course, who not only plays Zordon in um, this adaptation what, of Power Rangers, but also voiced <laughs> yeah. a particular character, a particular villain, sorry, from the old Power, uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers series, right? Yeah. So he is doing some kind of mining operation, some kind of thing going on. It. He, he's autistic basically but it has something to do with what his dad was doing before he um he passed away and in the process he ends up like blowing up this particular area of the mine and we see like these five stones with these little gems inside of course they have um each has a different color so of course black yellow blue um gr- no not green sorry blue red and pink pink yes i forgot pink yeah. yes and our five characters get a hold of them. So yes, later on they'll be become the Red Ranger, the Pink Ranger, Yellow, Blue, Black, yada yada yada. And in the process, while they while they acquire these um these these stones, 
they realize that they have these superhuman powers and then later on they go back to the actual site they fall into this hole and then this really cool shot where you saw this pool where you see this pool and then it kind of morphs into this kind of portal which goes into zordon's lair basically and we see alpha five sorry which is that <laughs> that annoying irritating character from the old series that ay yeah 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 this time he right. was voiced by Bill Hader. Bill yeah Bill Hader. Yeah. he has a new design I wasn't really blown away by design by the way but I thought that the voice the voice was cool um and then we see Zordon um and then he reveals well at least in this adaptation here that he was formerly a power ranger of his own and he was betrayed by Rita Repulsa who was the green yeah. ranger at a point in time Right. She ended up basically wiping out the other rangers and um she and she ended up being in this cocoon and then of course centuries later she's um arisen out of this cocoon and she basically wants to, you know, destroy Zordon and destroy Angel Grove. I'm not sure about the entire world, but it's always about Angel Grove and now the Rangers must find that power within them to become what they are destined to be. Power Rangers. And that's right. the best synopsis I could give about this show. But yeah, I agree with you. It's too long, but continue. It was too long. Continue. Right. So, uh, okay. So here's the thing with this one. A couple things I'm going to complain about. No Balkan skull. Yeah. No two attack. What the <laughs> I mean, hell? No, but even have no Balkan skull. Here's the thing, right? They, they were irrelevant in the, in, the, in the first movie. They were just there in the no. background, but I talk about like, well, in, like the in the series. Movie, they, they opened, they but they had a, no, here's the thing. They had a great arc as, as characters throughout the first six seasons or so, you know, um, in my opinion. Especially in space. In space, they have a full arc going on with respect to what oh, they were doing. Okay. They I thought they were just mm-hmm. in the background as just the bullies. I didn't know that the characters right. were developed Plus, further. The movie, they, were, they were basically that, but they eventually get a proper arc. Um, then they didn't do anything in them later. But... To me, they did a good job. That's why Space was one of the best. They had full character arcs. But they had no Balkans at all. What the hell? Why would I, was, you leave I wasn't looking out for them, to be honest. I, it would have been good to see them in the background. Like, hey, look, Balkan Skull. <laughs> I saw what they did there. That's cool. Yeah, no, they, to me, but I was no, expecting them to had, be, had, um, you know. No, but they had the pink and the, the pink ranger and the original green ranger in the, in the story, in the movie. They were there. I know, I know, I know. Yeah, they were there in, in, in this, uh, this blink-and-you-miss-it shot, basically. You see the old Pink Ranger, I believe her name is Amy Jo Johnson. And yeah, Tommy, I forgot, I, I forgot his name. But yeah, they, they're there in this quick shot. Um, that was nice, actually. Um, but yeah, continue. Yeah, and for me, this was... Look, it, it, had, it had its moments, yeah, but what I decided to do... I, what I was worried about is they decided... I was worried that they're going to do the Chronicle thing. And yeah, they did the Chronicle thing, and I hated that. They decide to make everything all dark. Everything is about American depression, the tongue. So again, what pissed me off is that they somehow make the tongue both a fishing village and a mining tongue at the same time. It's like, all right, well, we get it. White, white Americans struggling economically. Exactly, and, yeah. You know, none of the jobs coming back. So everything depressing. And then it's Turin living in these depressing poor tongues. And then all the Turin in a mess. So they had a... Like, they of make course, the, the whole state. millennial... Oh, look at exactly. me. Nobody understands me. Shtick over and over and over and over and over. And all, I, I, through, all five characters problem? suffer from it, actually. Yeah, the problem is that they decide to focus on the wrong characters. So, so to me, I get that they have to focus on the pink and the, the, um, the, pink and the, the red the ranger. Red because, of course, they're the most popular. Well, apart from the but, green but they, that we don't they, see. But... Those two characters suck. Because to me, if they focus on the black ranger, he was much more interesting. And then the yellow ranger was kind of interesting what they did with her. Um, that was kind of interesting somewhat. 
that was just kind of dumb in that way. It's like, wait, why you just do this and make these characters so pathological? And then they decide to match up the characters' pathologies as if all of them is the same. I was like, no, some characters actually suffering. Other characters are just douchebags. Didn't really feel these characters at all. Like I, I especially felt Red, the Red Ranger and the and the black one in particular were douchebags. No, the black. Oh, well, well, the black at first, was, at first, the way when, 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 when story, black was right, exactly. When when later on, when you when they give a little bit more background into the black Ranger, it's like, oh, well, he's not so much of a prick after all. But when he's first introduced, I was like, right. yeah, yeah, kind of don't like him. But continue. I have my, right. I have my, I have my to be, stuff to say. You shall focus on that. And on top of that, as I said, they spend real time on these characters before you see any Power Rangers, anything, you know. i like, wow. That take long. It yeah. take too damn long. They shall, you gotta trim a lot of that fat and then get to the action. And that's the problem. Um, but then when the action come to be, it was, it was solid action. The, what's her name? Elizabeth Banks was Richard Repulsor, right? Yes. She was normal. She wasn't special. <laughs> Um, but she kind of ham it up a little bit, and they had this whole stupidness with donuts. I hated that shit. Um, <sighs> but it wasn't that annoying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They keep making references to Christmas people for some reason. Cream like, donuts. Yeah, like why? Why do they keep talking about this? And like apparently it's just a big marketing thing. It was just so clumsy. Whatever. Yeah. Um, and then she was hamming it up, and she was pretty good in that sense. But she was ultimately just kind of forgettable. Um, the post-credit scene is not bad either because they they hint at Tommy. And well, I hear in some rumors that, and I, well, I was just recently reading that recently that the, the new Tommy character might be a female. Because that kind of makes sense because she was the Green Ranger in the past now. Yeah. I know kind so of six out, so you have three, um, three female, three male. That would be cool. Right. Right. So they might balance it in that sense now. Um, what it, again, I heard they're also making six movies in total. So they might do the full arc now. Right. With power space now. So you'll get. We'll get Mighty Morphin, then Zio, then Turbo, then and then go on with it now. Yeah, Until and, we get and the space. dino stuff. And... Whatever. Right. Alright. Well I was kinda of bored with this and underwhelmed. Um mostly because I, I thought they was gonna avoid the chronicle thing and they end up just doing the chronicle thing at the end. And that kinda yeah. pissed me off. Um the characters right. were interested. It had a part with some bully ejaculation in it. So I was like, what? What was this in yeah, the beginning? Yeah, yeah. Like, why? All right. Well, 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 Why? well. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me get into detail about this show, right? Now, first of all, when when the movie ended, right, I was telling myself one thing, right. I may be wrong in this statement. Maybe it's just be me talking out loud, but I feel the reason why this movie turned the way it is, is because of one man, Michael B. Right. If Transformers, and I talk about the first Transformers, eh? I talk about the other Transformers. If those movies didn't turn out the way they did, this movie wouldn't have been the way it was. Oh yeah, clearly. We know that. Yeah, this is just basically everything that was wrong about the old about the, the, the other Transformers movies put into this one film right here. Now, here's the thing, right? A, a, a lot of people, like I was reading up, I was looking at reviews about the show. I always do that. I always do but I always love to hear what other people thought about shows, right? Before I say, yes, 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 I'm right, I, I totally agree, blah, blah, blah. Some people actually liked the film for how they were adding a lot of depth to the characters and they were trying this whole edginess with it instead of being this whole kind of corny cheesiness like what the, the old series used to be, uh, particularly season one, right? Cool. Other people, on the other hand, were just like, it just don't work, it'll make no sense, blah, 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 it's dumb, da, da, da. The 
the, the main thing with me with this is that you have two tones, right? This is the big. This is like the big flaw for me. You have one tone which I see is being dark and edgy, and it's just really to create this world and this tone and the characters and you know the the the, the just the the strife that going on inside but inside of them the whole millennial stuff now basically and then on the other hand you want to bring the whole flashy d um cheesy dumb kind of power rangers go go power rangers vibe to it you know with all these, zones, yeah, yeah, all these creatures and, stuff. <laughs> and they merge both of them together and it's a train wreck it's basically a train wreck now <clears throat> my thing is with this is that some people were praising the first two thirds of the film because of how it was setting up the characters and now you care about the red range and now you care about the blue range and all these things i was telling myself look it's an hour and 20 minutes in when am i going to see morphin when i'm going to see some mother effing morphin in this thing when why are they spending so much time developing these characters and oh well i can't morph what's wrong with me and all these things why they had to stop and then have this campfire scene with all these characters revealing secrets all just to have the yellow ranger who's played by this 20 year old chick called becky g who looks cute that's all i could say about her coming out and saying i'm a lesbian and this is like the big money shot apparently in the movie because that's what the scene that everybody praising and i'm like when are we going to get to some morphing already now yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, you can. No, no, I thought I thought what they did with her was kind of interesting because it's not so much about her being gay. That was one part, but they had the part where the parents was like kind of planning to something along the lines of reprogramming her. Yeah, yeah, that, that, like... that was actually a cool moment. I, I like how they played that off. Right, kind of for last, but kind of serious as well too. No, yeah, I thought that was kind of just pretty disturbing when it, or they or that played itself out. I was like, oh wow, they actually give this character something. But yeah, yeah. all of that stuff they can wrap up real fast. Yeah. Um, right. Um, again, we can. Could I lose a good thirty minutes? Yeah. Um, uh, if I was me, yeah, yeah. If it was me, I'd cut the pink range and red range stuff. It was just nonsense. Establish them in a better way and a faster way. Um, and then when it, when everything came to the action, the action I actually enjoyed, even though the special effects gonna be better. I'll, I'll I'll get to that. I'll get to that in a, in, a, in a few minutes, right? So yeah, all this time you're spending making us care for these characters, right? I honestly was just kind of like asking myself, like I said. When are we going to get to see the Power Rangers? When are they get to, gonna get to do their thing? When? Why are we seeing all this, you know, all this backstory and making us care? It's Power Rangers at the end of the day, right? That's one thing. But is the pacing of this show that really, really ticked me off the most, boy? Yeah. A full hour and twenty minutes is just about these characters trying to understand the powers and. Who they are and then you have Rita Repulsa you know looking for ghoul because she have to resurrect some creature called Golda and by the way the Golda from the old series laugh at him as much as you want to that character design was infinitely better than what I saw here this thing looked like like ghoul shit basically but just with I, arms legs and wings basically what went in my mouth actually was um remember, remember Ninja Scroll Remember there was yeah. that particular bad guy who turned into who, who sorry his skin was um was gold sorry I think it was gold like I was I kept thinking about that character that you know that wonk, that that honking master gold basically but even that character design was way better than what I saw here this thing was just some some walking talking something it didn't make any sense to me 
you know. But right. you, you you say you actually like the the character design of that. Well, okay. I hate the look. I, 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 because the original Golda was not a particularly engaging character anyway, so nobody it, cared. It was hilarious. So I don't know what they're gonna do with because I didn't care that it just made Goldark and a Troy villain anyway now for this now. Um so that was not a problem for me, really. Yeah. Uh and here's the thing, look, it's is a super sentai show. That's what oh, it was. Of course, yeah, yeah. I, I So get I don't it. really mind what they did with it in terms of but they, they made the action work somewhat when it actually when it actually got going. And I don't really mind as a first film. As a, as my only big issue is that it was too long and it but it serves what it wants with respect to um, the fan base, like it have fans that show my haters, but I thought it's fine for me. I don't have any bigger problems with this. All right, at all least right. in well, its context, it's still not that good of a film. Yeah, but okay, good, 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 good points there. But for me, it's one of those shows that it has good in it, right? And you want to acknowledge and really appreciate the film for the good that it did. For wanting, um just the mere decision of fleshing out these characters a lot more it's not just oh we have to have the asian guy and the black guy and this chick and that chick and whatever they actually took the time to really develop not just the characters but also the relationship that they have yes they spent a little too much time on the red and the pig region you know it's because of the actors played though i, I kind of bought into it a little bit but still i didn't feel that much chemistry from the two of them in particular Right. I like the the camaraderie, you know, with um with the Blue Ranger and the the Red Ranger. I thought that was really cool. Blue Ranger, by the way, yeah. I thought that he was the best out of all of them. I, 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 you know, he had the best lines, best you know, comedic comedic delivery and stuff like that. Some of the jokes was kind of annoying, and some of them fell flat. You know, you know the the audience that I watched it with, they were just laughing at everything he did. Sometimes the stuff that he did was just downright annoying, but there were a few gems yeah. where I kind of laughed here and there, you know. But um. What else? I, I didn't like the way how the yellow and the black rangers were introduced. Um, it's just this whole convenience that, oh, well, they're actually in this one particular spot at this one time. And it is there. They had nothing to do with what happened with the, you know, the Blue Rangers discovery. It's just they happened to be there. What were they doing there? I don't know. You know? Yeah. Um, the yellow ranger, that moment, you know, where she kind of came out. Okay, I get what they're trying to do there. But it just happened a little too late for me. I felt that they could have done that within the first hour at least. Because this movie clocks in like about two hours. I felt that they could have done this way earlier. No. I, I also didn't like... Yes. Right. The pacing was bad. Like, why halfway into the show, we now seeing the Yellow Rangers family? Why I now seeing the Black Rangers um, mother who is, you know, who has cancer or whatever like that? Why we now seeing that halfway into the show? At first, when I saw him, I just didn't care for him. I didn't like... I felt that his, his dialogue was terrible. Like, really downright terrible. Like, that's bad writing, right? But then, when you saw him with the mom, it's like, Oh, okay, I, I kind of get Okay, okay. But so late into the show, you now want to bring in that now. And then, um, what else? Well, they, they kind of do something there with, with the Red Ranger and his dad early on. I thought that was okay. Um, they, they do something with the Pink Ranger. Um, don't really remember much from it, but that was okay. But just a little too late, in my opinion. Um, Rita Repulsa, well, at least Elizabeth Banks played her. I felt that she was just way too hammy and over the top. But then again, if the tone of the overall film was supposed to be over the top and not taking itself too seriously, I would have bought into it. But because you set up this whole serious vibe with the, the Rangers themselves, the characters themselves, 
it's it doesn't it doesn't fit it doesn't it sticks out like a sore thumb basically and it's so blatantly yeah. apparent like every time she's on screen and she's doing the things it just takes you away from it even that moment that that was like why are we doing this where rita suddenly just come up with the idea of going into the the yellow rangers house in her bedroom and basically threatening and intimidating her like why her of all people and why you know why her basically and and, and because it happened right yeah, after that, like that, that, that yeah because it happened right after that campfire scene i can't help but wonder well maybe rita have some kind of you know some kind of closeted kind of lesbian tendencies there too i don't know but i don't know if that's the point i doubt it but yeah i don't know why that happened at that particular moment and why is you know it's almost set it up like she's the most damaged out of all of them but because she was her character wasn't developed all that well until that campfire scene anyway oh sorry well that well not just the campfire scene sorry the the, the scene with her and the family up you know up until that point sorry before that actually before that point she was just there in the background in my opinion she was just this cute face just there just trying to keep up with with everybody else i didn't really care about it then and it's only you know those particular moments where i started to care but you know why pick her what what's what's the reason behind that is she the most yeah, damaged out of all the five i don't know because the film never sense. tells me that i don't, I don't get why they try to why she because they're trying to do a kind of subversive thing where she's going to betray them and i thought they was going to do that yeah yeah i don't know why, why they pick her in particular yeah um there are some points where the dark tone of it actually works um, in particular, involving a character who um, who is threatened, like you know, life on the line kind of threatened. That's all I'll say about that character. Yeah. I thought that was that was that was kind of interesting. Um, but you see, as soon as they finally don the outfits, and that's like about an hour and twenty minutes, closer hour and a half in, and they don the suits, and then they walk in that slow mo, and then they jump into the zords. I'll talk about the zords in a bit. And then they play the Power Rangers theme song from the 1995 movie. Everything just yeah. went downhill from there. Now let me start off with the Zords. I have a, have a good amount of stuff to say, but I'll I'll, I'll round it up in a bit, right? So the Zords themselves, so <laughs> the Zords themselves, right? The only mentioned during the train sequences, because yes, um, Alpha Five trains them in how to fight and stuff. So there's these like. Uh, virtual putties that they have to learn how to fight and stuff. Cool. Alright. They, they kind of hinted the Zords and they introduced it like, yeah, those are the Zords, blah, blah, blah. By the time the Zords came in, I didn't know what the creatures were because, you know, in the original series, I think they, they call out what the what the animal was. You know, Sabertooth Tiger, right. Pterodosaurus, Pterodactyl, Triceratops. They didn't do that. They just jump in the Zords and they just move it. So I had no clue what the Black, what the black Ranger was riding. I no, I only knew what the red and the pink were were, were, were were in. I knew that for sure. The others, I was just like, I, um, okay. what? Why? Why didn't? Why didn't? Why didn't ever said like at that scene that they should stop and say, Saber Two Tiger and all that kind of stuff. But during that moment when they first mentioned the Zords, you don't think they could at least um like Zord could come out and say they were fashioned from you know animals or prehistoric animals. So Red Ranger, you have this. Pink Ranger, you have that. I, no, they okay. just jump into Here's the swords and they just move. You know? Why? I didn't mind that. Here's why I didn't mind that. Because I didn't mind that because it's a new law, so you don't need to set up those rules in that sense. Because they're doing their own thing. Okay. 
Right, so I, it, it, that means you don't really need to set up the rules because they do their own thing with their own law. The original didn't really set up that anyway, you know. It was just, this is this, this is this with the colors. That was it. So they just yeah, didn't I, need to stop that. They yeah, just had a morph. They changed the mecha- mechanism of the morphing grid now. Right, well, well I get yeah, that, I get yeah. that. Like, like you're not supposed I, to give a, a, a detailed history about why a saber-tooth tiger, why a tyrannosaurus, or why a pterodactyl. Right. No, but, I mean... You have to identify who is who, and color is not enough. You have to know what these, 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 um, these, you know, these CG creatures roaming about Angel Grove are. I, you know what I mean? Not really. Just colors, that is it. Whoever <laughs> match up with what, match up. That is it. Right. You don't need to. Okay, okay. And then, all of a sudden, they know how to ride these things. So, no, so yes, they have this little thing where they have this kind of wire that kind of hooks up to the, to the back or sorry to the neck real matrix style okay which yeah. is like a real cheesy you know thing anyway but still like how all of a sudden they know how to pilot their vehicles now I get when they turn to the actual zone and then they realize oh alright I'm the arm so I have to move this way you're the leg you have to move that way I get that but these zords themselves how they suddenly know how to pilot these things how do you pick no, know that's all how that's to, to fly grid. in this thing ah. no that's all that is part of the morphing grid who cares you don't have to know that like just jump in and start like the original power just didn't do no set of training I mean I get that they established training somewhat but it don't matter right now, now I'll, I'll, I'll get to that before I give Maurice I'll get to that whole if it doesn't matter and thing right but you see, right. it's that actual fight with um with the Zords against Rita and Golda that was that's when everything just went downhill, boy. And I mean like at a meteoric pace. Like they yeah. do so much a dumb stupidness in this thing. I was just like baffled by it. like for one thing, slight spoiler. The Rangers go up right in front of Golda. And he's like, fire everything we got! I was telling myself, wait, they're not seriously going to fire all the shots at them, right? And they do. They fire everything at them, right? But look at how close they are to Golda. Golda just swipes no. and smacks all of them so easily Again. because the geniuses decide to be right in front of them as opposed no, to being a distance still, away. It's still, it's still learning teamwork. I can't believe I'm defending this. It's but yeah, logic. It's that, that's the stuff. point again at Ricardo, is the logic behind it. I know it's not supposed no. to make sense. I know it's flashy. And, um, no, no, no. I try to say. They have some sense. Is that they don't, they're still learning teamwork. That's your point. It's teamwork is the main thing. So that means they're not really like, making good decisions yet, and they can't really work together because they have to do this. And because they decide to change the metrics, like how the original Super Sentai show was, it's not a problem. Right. That is not the big complaint I... for me, because... It's yeah. so silly, and I fight it on. That right. was the complaint for me. My point is that they took too long to get there. Yeah, yeah, And then there was, like, you know, Rita's over-the-top lines, like, um, what is... No, Rita's my Rita's monsters grow! And all these kind of things. Yeah, yeah that doesn't like, make any sense. Yeah, it make no she sense. said why he was growing for some reason. Yeah. Um, And then is the part where, you know, the big reveal, the big Super Sentai Zord that we all paid money to see. And I was like, but this is, like, a whole completely different new... Zord right here. It doesn't feel like any amalgamation of the five Zords. Like, I know in the old series, you spent like two minutes showing how each part of the Zords used to come together to form this big thing. No, it just felt like a whole new thing. And I was like, um, so how'd that happen? And how how did that actual morphing 
take place. I'm not going to say what happens, but it just took me completely out. Like, how did that happen? Oh, and I forgot one, one, one last thing, because I mean, I could spend all night ripping this movie to shreds, right? There is a scene, when the, when the battle actually takes place, right? When in the Zords and doing this stuff, where Red Ranger's dad is in trouble. Car flip over, you know, the car is burning up, you know, if 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 he's if he isn't see the car will blow up, yada yada scene before. And the shot the next shot is just the Red Ranger running in the street, kicking down putties here and there and doing all the slow-mo stuff, and then saving his dad, and then suddenly he gets back into the Zord. As soon as these Zords afterwards gain wiped out by Golda, they are all like, Oh no, we're being we're being destroyed, we've been doomed, what do we do? But then five minutes ago, the Red Ranger come out of his Zord to save his dad. So how come these other four geniuses, including the Red Ranger himself, didn't figure out, well, you know, maybe we should kind of come out of these Zords and figure out a next a next um, alternative or a next battle plan. They just dare yeah, s- staying inside of these Zords being hit repeatedly by a gold creature. They make yeah, no effort to leave <laughs> these Zords. Yeah. Why? Yeah, apply way too much logic to this. It's for Rangers. Right. Yeah, apply here, way too much logic. Now, here is the reason why I have to do this. Why I have to apply logic. Because of what they were setting up and how they were setting it up in the first hour and 20 minutes. Right, we're going to take, they take this so seriously. Yeah, I, it takes itself so seriously that when yeah. the shenanigans and the, you know, the, the, the Saturday morning stuff come around, I can't help but think logically at what is going on. I can't yeah, help it. Yeah, I don't. I don't give a shit about that. My attitude was, yeah, they should just drop the serious stuff yeah. and not care. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, they'll say this right, and then I'll get to be written. Now, if they took the Transformers one route, where you had, you had a, it was just a essentially fun story. It was just your, your 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 summer blockbuster, just bigger and larger than life. You had your little moments of seriousness. You had characters that you thought you wouldn't care about. You know, the Shia LaBeouf, the Megan Fox. But when you eventually set a, when you see them on screen and you sort of like them, you, you, you do you do feel a kind of ounce of concern for them when, you know, the battle takes place. And, you know, periodically there are moments of action. You know, like when Bumblebee reveals himself at that car chase, which I love, by the way, you know, with, with Bumblebee and the others. And, you know, it, 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 the pacing was was perfect. Was not perfect. I don't want to call it perfect. That that's that's giving too much credit for that show. The the pacing was great. It had moments of action. It had moments to calm down and relax and let the story develop and breathe. Yeah, the characters develop and breathe, and it worked. And then when the finale come around, you just excited from all that um that build up and it paid off. But right. then now with I other see. Transformers films, so the other Transformers films is where they just dropped the ball. It was just all right. these flashy visuals, characters they didn't care about, story that was just convoluted and this didn't make any sense. And just all this flashy explosion stuff. And that's what the last 20 minutes of this movie felt like. It felt like Transformers 2, the, 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 the finales of 2, 3, 4, and I guess 5 all over again. But just with yeah. not a good, with, with a lean payoff. Um, and, you know, like I said, if they just figured out what tone they were going for, if it's the cheesy kind of over-the-top tone, then I would have I would have let that 20 minutes slide. I would have been dumb, it would have been cheesy, but I would have been shoveling popcorn on my face and just enjoying it, right? Because of what was going on before and I was having fun. 
but because you just want to go for this really dark kind of somber tone and yes you have a little moments of humor here and then you have a character the you know development and stuff and that's fine and everything but the title issue is still power rangers why right you wait why we first of all you gotta wait hour and 20 minutes in to see them in and if the title yeah, show is Power Rangers, and if they were going at it the way how they did in the finale, why they couldn't just maintain that tone from the very beginning, or try to adapt that dark tone into that finale, make it a lot more serious, so at least it would have felt like, it would have felt much deserved compared to what we saw before, but instead, like I see, it's just two tones that just clash together, and they're not even evenly paced properly, like, you know, like the first hour could have been serious, next hour could have been cheesy and dumb and fun, and I would have let that slide. But not a whole yeah, hour okay. and 20 minutes of characters that you want to care about, but you're just checking your watch and wondering when you're just going to come. And then when they come, it just yeah. kind of devolves into just this generic, you know, mindless nonsense. And that's what I got here, unfortunately. You know? So, yes, yeah, I understand why you're saying don't think too logically about it. But be, like I said, because of how the, the first two-thirds of the film was set up, I can't help but put logic into it. I really can't. But right. yeah, I, before I, I get I, into rating, I understand last where words. you're coming from because well, I understand you're coming from, but I frankly didn't give a shit um, because uh, because it's like, yeah, they should, they should, should have cut, cut all the serious stuff and then don't make it so damn serious. So I wouldn't care as much. Yeah, if uh, they just made it shorter, like, let me just say they, right. they shave off like about a 20 minutes or a half an hour. I'd have enjoyed this film way more. And I would have... I would have let the whole serious moment slide. I would have just been, oh, well, you know, they're trying something new. Okay, cool, but two hours injured? No. And, oh, yes, the yeah, post-credit scene, wasn't impressed by it. Sorry, Tommy. wasn't at all. Yeah, really lame Tommy reference. Lame, lame, lame. Lame, 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 lame. Yeah. Um, so, you know, for me, this is a hard show to, to, to judge by because... Like I say, some people like it because it made them really appreciate the, the franchise a lot more. It's a far departure from, you know, the corniness of the old series. And okay, I give right. credit for that. And I have to say, you know, from a from a uh, directorial perspective, you know, it shot very well. The actor, for the most part, was competent. Especially for the five leads who I felt, you know, were doing the best what they could with such a yeah. haphazard script. Even though I didn't really care for the Black Ranger and the Yellow Ranger at first, later on I started to really appreciate them too. So, you know, credit for them. Um, Red Ranger was okay. Pink Ranger, the actress who played her, I mean, she was she was like, you know, the hottest chick in the whole show in my opinion. I mean, she was okay too. Um, Blue Ranger, of course, stole the show. He was that comic relief that we needed. Rita, I felt, or at least Elizabeth Banks, I played that she handled up way too much. Like, she was on the, she was more thinking about that last 20 minutes as opposed to everything else. I mean, there were dark moments with her, but I felt like the dark moments there compared to the dark moments during that grand finale was just... It didn't, it didn't gel, you know? Um, yeah. And, oh yes, well, I forgot to mention... We shall talk about is the armor, the armor-like design of the, the outfit, which a lot of people didn't really care for. But I didn't really mind. I didn't yeah, I, I, didn't mind the, I didn't mind the suits. The suits were okay. Oh yes, I forgot yeah. to mention, finally, the choices of... The, the musical choices. Oh right. my God, they were terrible. Yeah, it was dumb. There's one, there's a rock rendition, like a, a kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? That's slow rock. It's a kind but of rock what? ballad version of Stand By Me. It's terrible. There's, of course, the Power Rangers song from the 995 movie that was just tacked right. on. There's Kanye West's power. I was just like, 
why they had to put that song in that particular scene why and you know you, uh, like i was watching the audience there was like a lot of like teens there and they were all excited right. like yeah 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 they were enjoying that moment i was just hearing you so like no 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 yeah. and then of course I, I they, they it's... had the goal by the way they had the goal to remake um chill rob g's the power you know that song i got right. the power and they had to put i, right. I believe it's him my boy vince staples what is vince staples right. doing okay. in a power rangers song why you're better than that vince yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah c- continue yeah, no, I, I, to me, it, it really, like, not really would write in home about, yeah, it was forgettable, and yeah, they go and get sequels. But, I, 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 again, we live in so many after so much crap with Transformers and all the extra bullshit. It's like, all right, because I not really attached up Oranges, and I, it, it kind of came after my time anyway, I don't really care. So, it's like, whatever. I, did, I, I really didn't invest myself in this. It's just a slug. I uh, didn't really give a shit. Uh, I kind of had fun for what it is, and I think it's because I didn't really invest myself in this world. And the main problem is that the main cinema movies that take too damn long to finish. That's yeah, my main problem. Indeed, there was eh. no need for that, for us to wait so right. long just to see what morphing time. It's morphing time, and right? Yeah, they actually say that by the way. But, but they didn't need to say that because the morphing grid works independently of the morphing time statement. But whatever. I know, I know. Um, yeah, but so, rating wise, what, what 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 would you give it? I'm actually curious. Right, I I get this one a, a CC it, just a straight CC it. Um, fair it enough. Just, fair enough. It would see and yeah, go see it if you care, if you don't want to, whatever. Hey, seriously, it's one of those fuck it movies. You don't really have to give a shit. I kind of went in drunk, <laughs> so I was really... I didn't I, invest I, myself I, I in it. Too. I didn't care I, to invest I really myself should. in it. Yeah. Yeah, um, I didn't care to invest myself in this. It right. is a waste of time. Like, it's just, it's fine. Because it's like, it is starting your own thing. It get it make enough money to make sequels. I heard they're making six sequels. My attitude is that the only thing I, would, I, would, I care for is if they do porridges in space and do that justice. That's all I want to see. But that's about it. Everything yeah. else is like, whatever. Is the new is the new the new cartoon for the nineties, the new material where the new kids show for the nineties to cater to their nostalgia. It's not nineties kids nostalgia. I um that's just right behind behind my time, so I'm not invested in it enough to care. Um I will admit, I watched a little bit of Oranges when Space came out. I was about 14 at the time. And when um Lost Galaxy came out. That was about it because it actually had a decent enough story. And I was feeling a little shame, but then I realized my other friends seemed to like it. So like, oh, it was good. Not to realize that it, it was the highest rated at the time. That's the only Oranges I have in my time. Should they make a Mystic Knight of Tyrion on Oak movie as well? Maybe. It was kind of awesome in its own way. Uh, it did its job. Barely did its job, but it did its job. And, yeah. you know, I'd give just a basic BSCC it. It just took itself too seriously. And again, the tonal shift, you're right about that. I agree with that. That's about it. Right. CC8, move on. Next. All right. Now, my, my rated for this, um, I was wrestling between two, which is I want my money back, and two and a half, which is see it if you really want to. I'll, I'll go with the latter. This is a, a light two and a half out of five. See it if you want to. There's some good things about it, even though, I mean, I could, I could go on for days talking about what was wrong and what I hated about the show. But there were some good things about it, like the you know the direction, the visuals for one thing. Some of the visuals I talk about, not the ones with the CG. That was just a, a sort of a mess to me. But just you know the shots, for example, I love how they look. The, the camera work that was fine. The acting I thought you know the the, the five car- the lead characters did a, did a, did the best what they could do. Same thing with Zordon, who I felt was kind of underdeveloped. But even Brian Carson himself did a you know he did the best of what he could get. Yeah. But really, it's the, the script that bugs, that really 
mess up this whole show. Unfortunately, right. you know, if they if they just figured out the tone, what they want to be all serious and dark, like you know, let me just say for example, um, Transformers: Age of Extinction. If they wanted to go that route, they could have been right. like that, and it could have been its own thing, or they could have been a kind of light-hearted ish kind of fun summer blockbuster movie like what the first trans movies sorry the first transformers movies was but instead we just got like a mixture of part two three and four <laughs> transformers with yeah. this one unfortunately what i would say is if you're if you're a diehard fan of this you probably might like it but i do imagine some diehard fans really hated it because of that tonal imbalance I know a lot of tweens go watch it and enjoy it. Like, I went and there were a lot of tweens and they were all laughing and having fun. Like, yeah, right. this was fun, you know? But I can imagine half of them probably never even watched the the first season of Power Rangers, which is admittedly no, the, the show only is still season going that in. I ever... With, yeah, okay, yeah, I, I know that. Which is the show is still going on. It, it's, it's what, it's 27th season now or something like that? It's, oh, well, it's should I? Yeah, definitely. I so okay. it's, it's a show that they may not remember Mighty Morphin, but they're familiar with the material and looking like a... I, I don't know. I don't watch it, but it looked like a bunch of damn fun anyway. So it's like, whatever. Yeah. So it have kids still watching it. Yeah. That's why I'm not, I'm not investing myself in this any as anywhere near as much as anybody else. Like, that's why I don't give a shit about the inconsistencies. So who cares? Because right. it's like, yeah. Yeah. Pop and, up, um, I don't see it because I have to see this show. Yeah. yeah. I don't do it show. That's it. And, right. And in, in closing, I will say this. Um, I... It, it kind of makes sense to, you know, the casting of the, of the Rangers themselves because... They have that sort of on-screen presence that will keep tweens and, you know, they'll keep them interested. They'll keep their kind of right. gross in the story, even though they probably might be warning themselves, just like I was, how long we had to wait until they actually turned. I mean, they could actually kind of relate to the characters, I guess. But for me, it's just like, come on, man. It's it's a movie. Tell a story, but don't spend so much time making us care about these characters. We will care eventually, but at the end of the day, your name of your show is Power Rangers. It's just like with Transformers, right? Imagine spending a whole hour and a half waiting for the Autobots and the Decepticons to actually land on it. And then you finally come and they're actually doing battle. Would, would you have remembered that movie after? No, you would have thought it was garbage. You had to wait long to see them. But because they were integrated into the story, actually from the very beginning, you know, and kept maintaining their presence, even though I would argue you didn't see the Decepticons about 45 minutes at the very end <laughs> of the first movie, but I still love the first movie all the same. But still, you got you, you got exactly what the title promised. Why okay. I had to wait all one twenty minutes to see to see what yeah. the title issue was? I don't know, but yeah, this was a disappointment for me. And um, I know a lot of people will be a lot of people are divided by this, and some people kind of inclined to say, "Well, you know, it's actually kind of good, you know." But I will bet you that by the end of this year, this show will be on a lot of worst off lists. For this year, yeah, I am I don't know. betting you that this will be. Oh, this okay. is actually, in my opinion, the BVS, the true Batman v Superman of the year so far. A show that oh, okay. you kind of, I didn't watch enough about it. Yes, one of those shows that you kind of want to. Yeah, also is one of those shows that you kind of want to hate so much, but because of the title of it and because of, you know, it's Power Rangers. Yo, it's it's all it's it's a modern take on Power Rangers. Yo, it's not the corny version that you saw on TV or whatever it is. No. You kind of want to like it, but it's still it's still bad about it, you know. And I can't. No, I but can't watch just it, it off. Matthew, we're wasting way too much indignation and brain energy on this. Seriously, I'm, like, I'm done. I'm done. I see what I had to say. Okay, yeah. we'll move on. No, right? seriously, I, I I really had I had zero expectation for this. Is like when I saw the score, 
I was like, it have like what a uh, uh, mid forties in Metacritic or one of them thing. Yeah, like yeah, it has like a forty on uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, and their consensus yeah. pretty much fits right. exactly what I was trying I, to I say. Was like, it's just a product. To me, I just see it as just a dry product. Sorry to sound cynical, but I just see you know perpetually ironic. Like people like me really didn't expect this to be good at all. It was okay. Does it? It did what it had to do. Basic job. It make the forty million. Get in. Get out of the theaters. Bye yeah. bye. But, That's it. No but, base. Me waste my time talking about this. Right now, no, no. While I last, last thing I see. Now, while I really, 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 really scared, <laughs> really worried about the fact that we have what is five or six more movies again with us. Yeah. I just hope that with the with the with the upcoming ones, at least they work on the story, make it a lot better. Nope. Work on the CG, make it a lot better, and figure out its tone. And I think from there I probably might like it, might like might you no. know support the franchise more. But with this but one, the franchise was never good, Matthew. That's what I'm trying to tell you. It's not like it was it compared itself to anything. Uh, you know, at least the original Transformers had some good creativity in yes, the original yes, animated yes, and yes, yes. building of the comic. Yeah. Porn just never had that. It was it, it was, it was always and... mediocre at best. I understand. Yeah, exactly. It, it was yeah. always space and mediocre, and it was cut with Sentai footage. It was even original footage. Yeah. <laughs> So, so it was it's only as good as it, as it could have been. I, I understand. You, you're, yeah, right, exactly. you're right. Exactly. Right, so right, yeah. like, I'm really shocked that you spend so much energy on this trip. Wow. <laughs> I'm really shocked that you spend so much <laughs> sorry, mental indignation. That last 20, 20 minutes just yeah. pissed me off. I'm sorry. It just did. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. Like, you know, we say just move on. Yeah. When the sequel yeah. comes out, hopefully it'll be better. But, you know, until, until the time, if you really want to see it, go and see it. You know, it wouldn't hurt. I know the... Matthew, I'm thinking about our fucking sequel. Seriously. <laughs> I don't want like, to think it, about it. Either. When we announce it in a trailer sometime, I'll be like, oh yeah, this have a part two. And that is it. And I'll go and see it. And that is it. I don't give a shit. I really don't care. Like, seriously. I really thought we would have just come in and out with this. Yeah, because, like, but it I, I don't know. <laughs> maybe maybe like, I really was overtaking it too much, but I just can't help it. Because I actually thought Batman v Superman would have been something interesting and good. And a great movie because it's Superman and Batman. Not this bullshit. Porridges was never good. Who cares? There's always something that we kind of laughed at anyway. Yeah. That's why I don't get getting all the expectation and hubbub over this. Eh, whatever. Uh, Move on. Well, Next. I guess, yeah, you know what these days, it might be one of those so bad as good kind of shows. But until then, that's... two and a half, that's all I have to say. Moving along. Yeah. yeah. Next. All right. So that's pretty much about it for our episode. So, Ricardo, where, where can we find you online, man? Um, Passat. R-M-E-D-Y, that is at R-M-E-D-Y, at R-M-E-D-Y, on Twitter. And then you could find me, that's typing my name, Ricardo Medina, on Facebook, and you can find me right there. All right, well, you could also find me on Twitter. Just look for my handle, Legally Black MGB, MGB and capital letters. You could also look for me on Facebook. Just look for Matthew Bailey, along with a Legally Black blog, official fan base, where you find the link to this podcast here, as well as the others that we've done before, and, of course, my written reviews. And, you know, if you have any thoughts on my thoughts on Power Rangers and, you know, the other stuff that we discussed, uh, feel free to share your thoughts, you know. Maybe you thought that I was wrong about what I said about the movie, but that's my my that's my opinion. But I'd love to hear what you thought about Power Rangers. And, of course, Beauty and the Beast are the other stuff that we discussed in this episode. So, right. um, in closing, uh, stuff to look forward to. Well, Go See Shell is coming out um, this week. Finally. Yeah, we have a bunch of movies this week, John. A bunch? Okay, I only saw like a couple, but yeah. No, uh, Ghost in Shell, um, that's not right. Um, well, Chips is coming out. Don't care for that at all. Not seen that shit. No. Already getting bad reviews, much reserved. That's what you get when you take the title of a very innocent 
very beloved, you know, a, a, you know, a harmless show from the 70s, and then you want to put all these kind of raunchy humor in it. Why? Stop it. Yeah, I still Stop haven't it. seen that dog's purpose. I'm still probably not going to see it. I'm going to watch on cable next year. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and yes, well, because we, you know, with, with, with April coming up, stuff to look forward to, uh, Feet to the Furious. I actually can't wait to see that. Right. I actually want to see that in IMAX. Yes, I said that. I want to see a uh, yeah. Let's see, Boris. Just oops. I want to see another because I saw Furious 7 actually in IMAX, uh, oh. opening night. So I, I actually can't wait to see Feet to the Furious um, in IMAX. I can't wait. Right. Uh, also, Life. Life is coming out. Uh, Life. I heard some great things about it. I want to see that. Uh, what else? Um, TV shows. I see we're getting the second half of a show from Netflix that I actually enjoy, The Get Down. I can't wait for that. I believe okay. that's coming out in the next uh, few weeks, I think. Right. And uh, also, speaking of TV, we have two more episodes left. On, well, actually, yeah, two more episodes ep- again until the very end of um, Season 7 of Walking Dead. Can't right. wait to see what they do with these, these two episodes here. I'm very right. excited for that. And then we have the final episode, I think, this Wednesday of Legion. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah. So uh, uh, I'll, I'll have to make sure to, to watch that and binge it and we can talk about it with the next review. And of yeah. course, I need to catch up on the experts. I haven't watched season one yet, but I will. And right. yeah, when the season two is up, I need to watch all 13 episodes here. And, you know, we'll do our, our review for that. So hopefully by then, I should be able to have seen all these episodes and we can talk about it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so that's pretty much about it, guys. So once again, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whatever this is. This was Machibi the Ad. Ricardo Medina. And we are signed off from another Mighty Morphin episode of BS Beats and Bailey. So until the next one, take care, guys. Peace. Peace.